Damn Isn't it, that this is really delicious. good. Cheers, Cheers bro. Buddy. To a new year, dog. Happy New Year's. I have a feeling that man is one of the loneliest people on the face of the planet. Yeah. Where his ego is his best friend. He yeah. is his best friend, and it's a tragic kind of uh, disaster in a way. Do you know, I never, ever, ever thought I would feel bad for President Trump. And I'm, I'm being absolutely genuine. But, like, that's actually, I never considered that. I never. It could but be. But that's, like, and that's actually, like, that's a little bit sad. Welcome to the south of the streets. Coming at you every week with this food for thought. Hope you're ready to eat. With everything going on in this nation, we need some information. And that's why salt need to be stationed in your rotation. With real talk and real topics, real people, real problems. Think we need some help to solve them and leave it up to Colin and the Donovan. Cause that's the what, what's that? Oh, oh, let's get ready. And just like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back to Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, January 11th, 1.27 p.m., episode 76. <laughs> and welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on all the pop weekly news, pop culture, and sports that you can handle. And the best part about the whole deal, it's all built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. So come down and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of <coughs> happiness and continue our endless endeavor to bridge the gap between people and information. <laughs> Boom. Not bad for a month off and not looking at the screen. There you so, go. as always, we are your hosts. I am Colin. I am Donovan. And this week, uh, you might have already guessed it, but it's 2020. Happy New Year's, everybody. We have impeachment news. We got World War Three imminent on the you edge. Shut your mouth. <laughs> we're so talking we're- about Iran. <laughs> But if you're listening to the mainstream media, you've probably heard we might have been going to World War Three, Or if you read anything on Facebook <sighs> or fucking Twitter. Yeah. And social media has been trash. And not only that, weeks. we have a possible new assault weapons ban going on in our state. We have a member of the state legislator that's a white supremacist now who's... A Word. terrorist, apparently. Word. <laughs> so we might get into that and some grab baggy stuff, but... We got Iran, Trump impeachment, you know, a little bit of 2020 talk. The next debates are this week. Tuesday. 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 So Last if you're listening to this. The, the, the caucuses or the, the primaries. Right? Yeah, if you're listening to this on Monday because it comes out Monday afternoon, then it is tomorrow. But usually people listen to it on Tuesday. So tonight there are debates. Boom. Look at that. You know Inception. Time is relative, right, bro? Yeah, yeah. The debates are when the, we fucking say they are. Except yeah. for they're happening on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so before we jump into all the seriousness, if you didn't catch the pre-show, the very first pre-show of 2020, you should definitely pause this and go over and check that out. Also available on the Facebook. Um, but, you know, we had talked a little bit about our Christmases and whatnot on the pre-show. Did you guys do anything for New Year's? Just kind of hang out? Uh, yeah, no, we just kicked in. Um, we <clears throat> just stayed at home. I'm pretty sure. I think we might have gone out to eat or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. We went out to eat with Cody and Micah and Isaiah and Jenna. Oh, nice. Both of which couples are expecting children in these coming months. So... That's 20, fucking wild. 2020 is going to be a baby year, um, yeah, bro. Just Cody, FYI. Cody and Micah's baby is due in March, and then Isaiah and Jenna's baby is due in May. I That's so wild. Yeah. That's so dope. at the next draft, 
there's going to be three babies. Possibly four. Although I think timing-wise, it's looking like three, but maybe one extra on the way. We draft in uh, August. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, if, the timing if doesn't your wife quite is work out. Already pregnant right now, then maybe you might have a newborn. Can confirm that that is not a thing right now. So, <laughs> two drafts from now. Um, anyway, yeah. So next year the draft, there will be three babies at Isaiah's house. That's so wild. Will be fucking crazy. Yeah, I'm excited to not be the only one of like my group of friends that has a baby now. So, dude, next thing you know, we're gonna be like modern day soccer moms. Yeah. We're the modern-day soccer moms of the millennial generation. We were at the store the other day, Walmart or some such shit, and um, there's this enormous truck, you know, and Jordan's like, I don't ever want a truck that big and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, see, that's funny because we've talked about getting a truck, and you told me that we have to get a truck that has four doors, and we need a truck that has a full-size bed. So that's the size of truck that you're looking at. (laughs) Like so, So if you want a truck, which we need a truck, then that's... That's how big it's going to be is that one right there, which sucks, but such is life, you know? You got I Okay, so this is weird, kind of weird story. Uh, when we came back from New Jersey, it was the day of the infamous 49er Seahawks game, which yes. we don't need to talk about at all on Week the show 17. because I don't want to get that angry. Fuck you, Isaiah. And we're in the playoffs anyway, so it's okay. Yeah. But <laughs> we, uh, we were coming back and I was like, dude... The public's transportation and stuff said they weren't working any special hours because of the game and all this stuff because it was crazy and they moved the time back. So I was like, you know, instead of paying an arm and a leg to get an Uber to get down to the ferry and then pay ferry fare to get back. And I was like, we literally did the math and it was it, it was like $5 more expensive to just rent a car. And so I was like, huh, let's do that. So we rented a... a just a, like, I think I ordered a, a compact or something like that. Yeah. We don't need it. Well, they didn't really have one available, so they gave me a minivan. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I sported a minivan around for a while, and I was gently reminded of why I will never, ever own a minivan. Yeah. At least personally. I don't know. Carolina might be down, but I'm going to get, like, you know, I got a big truck. <clears throat> that fit me when I was a kid and my brother, so we could do that. We could do a an SUV, but I, I ain't going minivan style with no. kids, man. No. Uh, when we went to Michigan a couple of years ago to visit Jordan's grandparents, we <laughs> we also... Uh, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. We also reserved a compact car and then got there and were told the same thing, that they did not have a compact car, but they instead had a fucking 12-passenger van. Yeah, uh, baby. Which our brother-in-law, Michael, named the Bang Bus. So, <laughs> we, so we drove the, you know... I'm pretty sure that's already trademarked. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it absolutely is. Um, yeah, so we drove the Bang Bus around Michigan, around free soil and fucking Manistee <laughs> for, you know, for like 10 days or however long we were there. It was... It was crazy, but we did put everyone in the bus and drive, you know, to a couple oh, yeah. of different places. So you got lots yeah. of room in those things. We went to uh, fucking like a bar, and then there's you know a gas station that you also could get you know your hunting and fishing license at, and they Healthy. made pizza and sandwiches there, and yeah, it was a whole deal. It was a whole deal. So That's the bang good. bus, just bang just bus. know that if you reserve a car, you're not actually going to get that car when you get there. Yeah, and that's why I've kind of – because I've rented maybe like a half a dozen cars over my lifetime, right, since I turned 25. Yeah. And 
I've gotten, I always reserve like a small compact. It's not like the tiniest, tiniest, but it's still, it's the ones that are like 65 bucks a day or something on the, the cheaper end. But it's like three out of four times or something, like 75%, they don't have one. And so you get like a free upgrade in some badass vehicle. Sometimes it's a like a dope Chrysler or something like that. Or sometimes you get a minivan. Instead, but, you get the bang bus. Yep. Yeah. Or the bang bus. Or the bang bus. <laughs> Which is funny because that was not my story when I rented a 12-passenger van. Yeah. I had to go through like extra hoops. And then they called me at the end and were like, well, I don't know if we're going to get it in time because I suck at my job and I wasn't able to order it in time to get it from corporate or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, bro, I paid you money. Where's my fucking van? Yep. And luckily I got I got lucky on that one. Yeah, so I mean, I guess we'd got a deal, you know, because it was the price of a compact car for that whole time, and we got a twelve passenger van and a great story out of it, and a great story out of <laughs> which it, which is priceless. It was right? funny to it was funny to drive in places, you know. Mm-hmm. It was so fucking huge. It was absolutely Dude, enormous. A, a twelve passenger van is damn near the size of my truck. Yeah, it's huge. Minus like a foot, maybe. Yeah, it's wild. I think mine with the extended everything is like eighteen feet long or just under. I can't remember. But takes a bit of skill, you know, to yeah. drive a vehicle that Some long. Some maneuvering involved. Yeah, exactly. That's when I rented that newer one um, for the bachelor party. I was so happy I had a backup camera on it. Oh, <sighs> word. Because I don't have that in my big rig. And it's, I do a lot of backing. In the Land Rover, too, it's hard to see shit. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it's very difficult. It's Visibility can be a bitch. You know, squared off like that. Yeah, and it's hard to judge distance at 18 feet. When you look at behind <laughs> yeah, you, that say, sucks. how really close am I to this garage door? Like and then at, I have a hitch that sticks out like a foot and a half, too. So I'm like, oh, take out somebody's grill. Like at night, fuck that. Do you see that guy that parks in two parking spots when you go to the store? Only when I go to Home Depot or Walmart, <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, sometimes I have to if it's like a super small parking lot, but it's, I will say, having a, driving a vehicle on the regular that that's massive can really, it really makes you think about whether you really need to go someplace or not. Because parking is not always a thing. Is it worth it? You know, do I need to, <laughs> how far am I going to have to walk? I, we went down to the wine bar last night just to swing in and visit for a little while. Um, <coughs> I had to go to the pay parking area <coughs> to pay to park because I could not fit anywhere else in the tiny free parking lot. So I had to go yeah. do that and pay 10 bucks to park for, we stayed for like three hours. So it was worth it. We did but, that when we went there. Because um, it's like 10 bucks. Yeah. But and the, the lowest one you could do is from zero to 12 hours. <laughs> right. Right. I was like, well, right. cool. I guess if I get too I drunk and take a cab home, hours. I'm covered already. Yeah. You just want to be here for two hours. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all that I want. Yeah. Can I pay uh, a fractional amount, please? Right. <clears throat> that was good, though. They got a new person working down at the wine bar, too, which is, she seems nice. That's what's up. Got to chat with her. Does she also while. have red hair? Kind of, sort of. Yeah. <sighs> what? It's darker, but it's technically a red How are hair. they not going to hire one more fucking fire red-haired girl? I know, like, right? I feel like that only makes sense. Well, Carolina works down there part-time now. She's uh, working Friday and Saturday So they already week. broke the mold, really. Mm-hmm. Words. They got the, the fiery redhead. Just out here hustling, huh? Yeah. Fiery redheads and uh, an Ecuadorian. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. Met met a couple 
local dudes. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll tell you that story after cast. It's super sad. <laughs> no, I'll just tell it right now because um, nobody will know who it is, and I'm not going to say his name or anything, but one of the kind of members of the local community that's been around for a long time, and he's in his 70s, uh, his wife of 35 years died like three days ago, and he was at the wine bar last night. The first time he had gotten out after that happened and chit-chatted with him for a few hours just to it was nice for a few just hours. Kinda, yeah it was like off and on between us and and the owner and you know the staff and then <coughs> then some people started to come in some more regulars and they talked to him but it was it was nice to see because this dude was hurting obviously yeah and uh but he got to tell a lot of cool stories about friends and people he's known all the time and kind of get his mind off things and then enjoy himself a little bit it was really nice but that was fucking rough man i was uh, like yeah, oh man sure. this is a this night took a turn but it was it was nice to be able to talk to somebody like that who'd been through some serious shit lately beginning of the year going into it like that and dealing with that and then his first four way out into the community again after that tragedy happened it, it was nice that he was obviously surrounded by an amazing support group even with strangers that he didn't know yeah so gives me faith in humanity a little bit. It was nice to see. So on that lovely note. <laughs> That's dark, bro. Yeah, if you want to hear more fucking stories like that, you can find us on our uh, fucking uh, our social media. You can watch this video on YouTube at Salt of the Streets, Facebook at Salt of the Streets, Instagram at Salt of the Streets for our damn near daily posts. Now that we're in 2020, everyone's eating this year. Hustling anyway. Uh, you know, we have our own personal social media. I'm at Salt of the Street, and I'm at, on Twitter, and at Alpaca underscore Dom on Instagram, and he is a big bird offie on both of those things. You can find all this on saltofthestreets.com, as well as weekly posts and blog posts, bi-weekly. We're out here. So, this week we are going to talk about impeachment. You already said this. We're going to talk about Iran. We are going to talk about some gun laws that are being proposed or talked about. Um... So you want to start with impeachment? Yeah. Does that seem like good. the most logical starting place? That's good. So the last time that we were here, um, the president had actually, they had not voted yet mm -hmm. um, on impeachment. And so it was on. In the House. Yeah, in the House. Um, they voted on the 18th. <clears throat> two charges for the president or two, you know, two articles. Uh, the first of those being abuse of power. That was. Uh, confirmed 20, 230 to 197, and the second article, obstruction of Congress, 229 to 198. Um, and those and were some painful C-SPAN sessions to go through. Yeah, yeah. Painful. Those last few hours of debate were... Debate. It's a travesty we're that they even call it debate anymore. Yeah. This is... There's no real debate going on in Congress. It's really sad. It's just nothing but partisan it's blatant partisanship yeah. through and through and it's like each each team has a single focus and a direction and they're just fighting for their own teams and there's no i mean occasionally you get one or two people in committees and stuff that will like ask legitimate questions and do some right things and but man it's 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 been rough to listen to it's been very rough to listen to and, and it hasn't changed since We'll probably talk about that in a second, but like as we've been listening to the debate over the rules and all these different things for getting it up to the Senate, it's been rough. Right. So, so right now, 
<laughs> Excuse me. Because this was, like you said, on the 18th. They passed that, right? And then all we've been waiting on is for it to get to them to pass it along to the Congress or to the Senate. <clears throat> I guess they have to appoint impeachment managers yep. um, to kind of handle the case as it goes up to the Senate. And um, they haven't done that yet. And everything's – the news has been the the no news of what's going on, where and why. There have been a lot of arguing over and Senate rules that Nancy Pelosi wants in place and Chuck Schumer's been helping. But there's been no movement on it since the 18th. Right, which right. Which is a long um, time. The Earlier this week, Nancy Pelosi held a press conference in which she said that she was waiting – for the rules of the Senate trial to be announced so that mm-hmm. she would know what was going to happen, how many, you know, uh, lawyers essentially that she would need to pick to represent the case and, you know, whether or not witnesses were going to be called. She just was looking for an outline mm-hmm. of the rules, whether or not that's the truth or just what she's saying, who fucking knows. But A that's popular what she line said. in the media has been they've been waiting to get confirmation that there will be a fair trial. <clears throat> right. Which, yeah, it's not their place, but I get it, I guess. But yeah, that's been the common thing, and, and they've been talking about that. And then last night, I I saw a couple articles saying that late Friday, Nancy Pelosi can come out and said that uh, possibly this week they will have Tuesday. votes on. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday. I've heard as soon as Tuesday. Managers. Um, and part of that, uh, from what I understand or from what I can surmise myself, is because there are debates you know on tuesday and so the senators who are supposed to be there in those debates will be there Mm -hmm. but they'll also have to be in the senate that day to sit there or else they're kind of pieces of shit and they can't really argue that would you rather run for president or do your job yeah so that will be very interesting Mm -hmm. if that is what's to happen you know um, it will be very interesting because I assume that Mitch McConnell could also control how long they're gonna <clears throat> they're gonna go for during the day, you know. So if they're gonna go, mm-hmm. excuse me, until eight in the eight in the evening, and they're supposed to, those senators are supposed to fly back to Iowa to be in the first debate before people actually vote in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and <laughs> that would be kind of legit. I know, like that's <laughs> fucked up. It's really dirty, and I'm, I am like, no lie, but. I'm anticipating it happening. Yeah. Because that's and I think what's happening here is we're having two games of brinkmanship going on, political brinkmanship. This is Nancy Pelosi trying to be strategic and Mitch McConnell trying to be strategic. Yeah. And Nancy is wanting to wait at this point because she knows Mitch is just doing as little as possible to make this as legit as possible and just trying right. to get it done and over with. Because he's got the votes, he can he can do that. There's no leverage to be had there, right? Those are the reports now. Yeah, that he has the votes to just get the whole thing over with on day one and just yeah. completely skip the whole trial. And mm-hmm. so there's not even confirmation that there will be a trial in the Senate. You know, just yeah. that the articles will show up. And I I was listening to some other podcasts, uh, several other podcasts, and they were talking about whether or not. McConnell actually has to wait for the articles to show up in the Senate. And because impeachment's so vaguely written in the Constitution, there's nothing that actually says that he has to wait, you know, yeah. for the articles to show up, but just that the House has the power to impeach and the Senate has the mm-hmm. power to do the trial. So I don't And I think that's kind of what's going on. <clears throat> and it's it's ultimately gonna gonna see who whose strategy pays in pays off in the end, but Nancy knows that he's not going to take it seriously enough, so she has very limited ability to move around and do things. And so she yeah. holds it off 
until it becomes a crisis moment like Tuesday with with the debates. Right. And if they do that then, and then Mitch pulls his stuff and holds him back, they have now a line that they can run on that Mitch McConnell is trying to, you know, ruin the presidency, the the election, by he's trying to interfere in the election by making it so these specific people can't show up because he's forcing a choice whether you'd like to be on the debates or cast a vote for impeachment, call him out a little <clears throat> bit, and that could play into both people's hands. Yeah. But I think that might be, that's a possibility, I think, of white meat, what might be going on. Well, and I think that that argument strikes me, and I think will strike conservative media similar as when Mitch McConnell said that he wanted to vote on the Green New Deal. You know, yeah. he thought the House should vote on the Green New Deal. And so I think that it will be a similar thing that the left will argue, you know, that like, this is nonsense. He's just trying to, you know, make this look like it's a bullshit mm-hmm. process. And, um, I also think that it's, <laughs> it's interesting that Mitch McConnell doesn't seem to give a shit about Chuck Schumer. Like At he seems all. to only be dealing with Nancy Pelosi. Like just let's, what are you, what are you going to argue? Because even mm-hmm. at the press conference, she was asked, you know, like, when are you going to hand this off to Chuck Schumer? Like, when is he going to try and have some type of discussion with Mitch McConnell? And she was like, he has, he's already talked to him. And this is what we're doing now. Yep. Like, this is what we're like. He's just always dog, yeah, to the side. Weird. He's always talking. He's always making statements. He's always talking to the press, but mm-hmm. he does not seem to be. And this just. You know, He's not from in the what battle. I see, he does not seem to be actively engaged in that yeah. discussion of of how that's going to transpire in the Senate, which is really weird. I wonder if there's a the uh, minority leader in the Senate. Yeah, I wonder if there's a uh, an intersectional <clears throat> role to play in there. Nancy is a strong, independent woman in the House who is the leader of the Democrats, more or less, and whereas Mitch McConnell tends to be the leader of the Republicans yeah. on that side, whereas. Chuck Schumer hasn't been seen to be the overall leader of the Democrats. Nancy Pelosi has. Right. Which is interesting because she's in a completely separate House of Congress who have nothing to do with each other. Right. There is no relationship between the House and the Senate, which it is not seeming to be taken that way lately. Yeah. You know, it's all just the parties at this point. But, yeah, I mean, that's... And that's basically it. It's been sad. It's almost a month since that vote was taken, but we're just kind of hanging out, seeing what's going to happen, and everybody's kind of guessing. Right. So, it should also be said that the same way there's no rule written that says that Mitch McConnell has to wait for the articles to show up, there's no rule written that Nancy Pelosi has to immediately hand the articles over to the Senate. So, she's... Seems to be, I mean, completely within her right, you know, to sit and wait until she has some type of inkling that there's going to be a fair trial if that's what she's doing. You know, I think that it's fair to be concerned about whether or not there's going to be a fair trial, but which is a rather subjective right. thing to try to parse out too. what is right. fair. Well, I mean, you, correct. I mean, fair as far as. How fair can something that is completely and utterly partisan be at this point? Yeah. We have the facts on the ground of what took place. Because we're talking about Ukraine. That's what this impeachment is all stemmed off of. You know, and they're very broad, so you can probably throw anything else under there. But, you know, we're talking about Ukraine here. It's been a while since that happened. And, like, nobody's talking about the facts that we, we know. Like, there's no... This has all just been about process and procedure and how things are going to go forth, which seems really interesting to me because it's 
I don't know why we're not. Does anybody, there's no. Is there any question on the facts at hand of what we're looking at that are involved in the impeachment? From the debates that we heard, not really. It's more of what you think of those facts. Right. And but there's. I, I agree with you, right? Yeah. But I think that. When, when you're asking what, what's fair, right? I think the only thing you could really call fair at this point from any type of objective point would be asking the people to testify that have said that they'll testify, mm-hmm. right? The only person who said that at this point is John Bolton. And what people have been waiting for this whole time. He can't anymore. No, it's like it just popped over. I saw it this morning. Um, Trump is saying that Bolton can't. He cannot testify due to presidential privilege. He doesn't want He's him to testify. He's calling executive privilege? Really? Yep. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see if I can pull the article. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm fucking. I think I got it here. That's wild. I hadn't read that. So I don't. So that, you know, fucks a little bit with with what I was going for, obviously. But this stuff happening um, on Tuesday, there's a lot of things happening, even even over the weekends sometimes. Okay. Let's see. Where can I find this one? Pelosi signal. Trump's impeachment trial team sees significant executive privilege issues. Jesus Christ. Yep. Oh man. So it's out there. It's I can't find. Oh a man. How many animals died in Australia? That's later. <laughs> I got it right here. I have a CNN so, article. That's fucking. Yeah. So that's shit. That bums me out because I was really looking forward to. Hearing yeah. What so let's said. see. The team planning for President Donald Trump's impeachment trial in the Senate believes there are significant and important executive privilege issues regarding the potential testimony of former National Security Advisor John Bolton, according to a source familiar with the team's discussions. Okay, so, the reason, okay, so, so, this is where I'm at, right, because... Because this is the the first you've heard of this. Yes, This is right, so, so this is my first, my first response right is the thing that you could really hope for from a john bolton testimony would be that he had had a conversation with president trump where president trump said i am concerned you know some form some variation of this some paraphrasing of this i'm concerned about joe biden and i heard about something about hunter biden and let's see if we can find some stuff on him that will that will take him down a peg, right? Mm-hmm. And John Bolton was there or heard about it, you know, or said, like, whatever. He has to have direct knowledge, not like uh, – he can't even say Mike Pompeo told me that this is what Trump said. John Bolton has to has to say, I heard President Trump say this, right? John Bolton's lawyer has said – that John Bolton had, and say it's John Bolton, right? That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I, for some reason, I felt like John was not his first name. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Tim Bolton. Yeah, that's, I don't know. So that kind of sounds right. So it's definitely John Bolton. Bolton's lawyer has said that he has information that is like, is shifting, you know, of, of the narrative. Right, right. So that's wild i'm excited to see what is going to happen here because i don't i don't know could even if he does have parts of what he wants to testify about that are covered under executive yeah. privilege it doesn't mean everything is it doesn't mean he can't testify it just means he cannot talk about it. we've seen that dozens of times can't yeah you know Man. oh i can't talk about that under you know, I mean, all the way back to during their Obama era too. Eric Holder. He would, and all that. yeah. I I would imagine that if he would, if he was to testify, he would have to have a Trump lawyer 
next to him and then like his lawyer next to him for them or behind him you know for them to hear the question don't say that and then talk back and forth about whether or not he can answer it Mm -hmm. and then to tell him whether or not he can answer it and it wouldn't be be out of the the norm either we've seen that happen with a lot of people that would be actually i have a slightly different point of view on it what you got is ultimately i think they're going to try to claim presidential presidential privilege on something that more or less is probably along those lines. I would bet money that he said something that could be skewed in a way that says, hey, I want right. to do this. <clears throat> because of this. Because, because of it something. has to, yeah, for it to be enough. But I don't to, think. It has to be because of this. Trump you know? has a track record of speaking in that so uh, Godfather yeah. style where, you know, oh, man. I really wish you could see your way to to letting Mike Flynn go. You know, he's a, he's a good guy. Like a lot of I'm bad not stuff. telling you, but yeah. I am fucking telling you. A lot of bad stuff has happened to America, or America's yeah. been through a lot. You know, yeah. you Shit know like that. that stuff like that. So even yeah. if he was able to say what Trump said, I have a feeling that it's not something that proves intent enough to actually run on it because he just has a track record of saying not saying what it needs to be said what he wants to say yeah and just talking around it elizabeth warren style you know what i mean her him and elizabeth warren are i think at odds with their ability to to speak bullshit i wonder if there's anyone that he talks to that directly you know if there's anyone that might have some Mm-hmm. Like even his wife, I don't, you know, I don't know. They talk well, well and so that's you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to talk shit, but like I don't know how much they talk and how how deep yeah. their conversation. I don't know how much time they spend together. I don't know the quality of their marriage. They might spend all their time together. They can, you know, yeah. I have no idea. Is it but, weird that like um, I instantly assume that they just don't talk? I'm sure that you are <laughs> right? not the only one who does. But who that. knows? Um, that's just purely a subjective. So I, guess. I wonder if there's anyone. That has if if that's real, right? Because mm-hmm. we're so to, in in honor of objectivity, right? Yeah. If if that is um, the reality of what's happened, that he was the democratic narrative is is true, and I'll link back to the other episodes so that you know what we're talking about. But if the democratic narrative is true, right? I wonder if there's anyone that has knowledge of, directly of it. Yeah, if he if he has spoken to anyone that directly, you know that I'm. I am concerned that Joe Biden might be able to beat me in the election, and I think that I might be able to find something in the Ukraine because, Mm -hmm. you know, Hunter Biden had no business working there. I know that it's, you know, that it's a – excuse me. It's just a nepotism deal that where Ukraine's trying to get in good with the U.S. government. Exactly. And of course that's what's happening. That was what was happening. But I don't – I don't know Anyways. that he ever said that to anybody. You yeah. Know? And that's what I would be interested in is whether or not he actually said, said that. that. And I yeah. would, like, if I had to guess, I'd probably say just given from what we know about him, I have a feeling that man is one of the loneliest people on the face of the planet. You know, either that or maybe it's a pure family blood thing. That's and it's almost like kind of sad. Jared Cush. That's oh, almost a little bit sad. But it would make sense given his personality. Yeah. Where his ego is his best friend. He yeah. is his best friend, and it's a tragic kind of uh, disaster in a way. Do you know? 
I never, ever, ever thought I would feel bad for President Trump. And I'm, I'm being absolutely genuine. But like, that's actually, I never considered that. I never, it could but be. that's like, and that's actually like, that's a little bit sad. Like, that's, yep. that's you think, super sad. You think his daddy ever gave him any real love? Yeah. I and would I'm, highly and I'm sure doubt that that's it. not <clears throat> super uncommon for whoever is the president at the time. I'm sure that mm-hmm. it feels extremely lonely, you know, because be. there's no one else on the planet who is in that position or could relate to it. Because even someone who's been in the office before probably hasn't been in that position when they were in office. So they can only yeah. speculate on what they might have done at the time and be like, Man, I don't, I don't know. I had a, this many other people in office and I, I would have, you know, they would, these people are in my cabinet. I would have asked them because I don't know about that. Like, you know, and you got to think you're so busy. There's no time for friends and stuff <clears throat> most of the time. It's probably just four years of a blur. Right. Of running on impulse. Cause I, know? I bet there's also a bunch of people who supported Obama, right? That would, that would, uh, sit on different sides of the fence on whether or not President Obama would support Trump's decision to to kill that Iranian general, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm sure there's some people who voted for Obama that are like, fuck yeah, he launched all those fucking drone strikes. He would absolutely, he would take that guy. And then a bunch of other people who voted for Obama that would say, no, Barack Obama would never do that. He only did these other things, you know, that were just like small and blah, blah, blah. So many drones. There's a lot of people that, you know, idealize him. Not to like, right, not to go off on a tangent, but there's a lot of people, you know, who put him up on a weird pedestal. That's actually, I have a question written down along those lines that I want to talk to you about when we talk about Iran a little later. Because, yeah, I have some thoughts on that that I'm just trying to figure out. Because it's weird. The whole yeah. Iran thing is weird, and the reporting on it's been weird. Everything's been weird about it. Um, but yeah, so hopefully John Bolton. Well, we may or may not hear from him, but what we do hear from him, if he shows up, we probably won't hear much. For my own entertainment, I want to hear John Bolton testify. Yeah. You know, but I also know that it'll be five to six hours of of frustration of senators yelling at him and him saying, um, "I'm sorry, I can't answer that question." Yeah. <laughs> As per my counsel and the president's counsel, I actually am not allowed to talk about that um, because I might go to fucking prison forever. So, yeah. don't know what to tell you. Yeah. yeah. So, exciting times. We should have some movement on impeachment, hopefully sometime this week. But we've just been in a political holding pattern ever yeah. since they voted on it. That's wild, bro. Yeah. That's and wild. Uh, you know, part of the reason it is happening last week is because the, the great turtle himself Mitch McConnell threw down the ultimatum, said, hey, if we don't have these things by the end of next week, we're going to carry on with the Senate's business, which is probably good. And kind of makes me wonder, why the fuck weren't you doing that already? Oh, uh, yeah. There's a whole fat stack of bills, some several hundred bills sitting there that have been passed through the House yeah. that are just sitting waiting to be passed in the Senate. And that's no lie. That's actual genuine truth. And like two thirds of them are bipartisan. They're not even straight Democrat bills. They're bipartisan mm-hmm. bills that have been passed through the House sitting on the Senate floor just waiting for McConnell to put them up, but instead he's fucking around, you just, know, letting people make statements out on the Senate floor, talking shit about Democrats. It's weird how he, he has the power to get away with that. And and no know, one says kinda like anything. The Merrick Garland thing. Yeah. The Supreme Court judge that Obama nominated. He was like, well, we're not gonna do that during an election year. And just just because he he can apparently. Yeah. It's so weird. 
And it's the same thing. Yeah, he's got all these... The house has been passed bill after bill after bill after bill. All their fucking equity projects and, you know, some good stuff. But, you know, some... Their legislative agenda. They've been carrying it forth and, and it just stops at the Senate. Right. It's so weird. So we'll see. I'm trying to think if there's anything other impeachment stuff that was really important. I don't think I so. Don't not think as so. far as impeachment, no. Yeah. Because... No. There, you know, the other giant mushroom cloud in the room has been what's been going on with Iran. Right. And Before we start this, yes, I gotta go. Word. Yeah. So, so we continue. Yeah. Sorry about that. So we're gonna take a quick break, and I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Colin probably is too. I definitely am. <laughs> we'll be right back. Thank Peace. you very much. Welcome to the salt of the streets, coming at you every week with this food for thought. Hope you're ready to eat with everything going on in this nation. We need some information, and that's why salt need to be stationed in your rotation with real talk and real topics, real people, real problems. Think we need some help to solve them and leave it up to Colin and the Donovan. Cause that's the what, what's that? Oh, let's get ready. Trying to figure out if I woke up to the news or I saw it happening overnight. We would have woken up to it on the third. On the third. Yeah. Okay. Well, because I was back and staying up all night and shit and watching, you know, news things come in while I was working on the house and getting ready. And I, yeah, I don't remember if I saw it that the night it was happening or just when the news stories came out that that time. But the essentially the number two guy in the Iranian hierarchy of power. Um, had some Hellfire missiles dropped on his ass in Iraq at the air, uh, the Baghdadi airport in Iraq, and he is uh, has been removed from the board as it is, along with one of the Iraqi militia leaders that has been fighting against us in Iraq as well, um, and that in turn caused you know a a geopolitical problem that uh, had the mainstream media and other outlets reporting that we you know the end was nigh World War three was about to be upon us and uh, it's all Trump's fault um, so now that being said there's been some things that have happened afterwards and there's been some escalation de-escalation exercises <laughs> on both sides and I think we're at a settling point um, so there is no imminent World War three happening not that it was really truly ever that <clears throat> imminent um but that is it is something to be said now that during the trump administration we have removed the head of isis and strangely a the head iranian military guy yeah you know it's it's so we have, I guess, depending he, on how Kasim Soleimani was was the leader of of the Hoods Force, which is like a you know a super special sect of the IRGC, the Iranian uh, yeah. Royal Guard Corps, um, yeah. and <clears throat> yep, Balin, who, yeah, who and, has been designated a terrorist, a terrorist organization. organization. Yeah, and that was actually in. Which um, actually is the only thing that made this okay. 
I'm yeah, sure. I have actually a whole timeline really? starting from May of 2018 when Trump announced the withdrawal from the JCPOA. Yes. Um, and so it was in April, April 9th, 2019, um, that the IRGC was designated a foreign terrorist organization. Um, they have ties with Hezbollah, Bashar al-Assad, um, with the Afghani militias that are fighting against us in Afghanistan. Um, Excuse me. It is uh, easy to say that the IRGC is no fan of the United States. and uh, Not even a little bit. <clears throat> no. And so it was, yeah, it was in April of last year, almost a year ago, that they were designated a foreign terrorist organization. Um, the reason that I have this timeline, right, is mostly because so many people have just acted like this whole thing came out of nowhere. You know, like everything was just fine. And that as soon as this happened, it was completely out of nowhere, completely uncalled for. And this was just such a rapid escalation by the United States. And I just feel like that's an incredibly inaccurate. uh, Yeah. And disingenuous. I mean, it's it's completely false. Um, Yeah. So. And so there's been a series of escalations from May of 2018, right? And so yeah. it was on May 8th of 2018 that President Trump announced that we were withdrawing from the JCPOA. And we actually talked about that in episode 13. Um, and so I Dog. will... Right. And I so I have episodes corresponding to all of these things when we discuss them because I've recommitted myself to the podcast. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so we talked about that. Uh, in episode 13, so I'll link back to that, obviously, when I'm posting the podcast. It's also important to know that on April 9th um, was when John Bolton was hired as the National Security Advisor, right? Mm-hmm. And we also talked about that, and I didn't write down what... Um, I mean, I'll, I'll link back to that one as well, um, but it was that same... It was April 9th of 2018 that he was... Elected as a national security advisor or chosen as a national security advisor. Because mm-hmm. so, I, I do remember us talking about him. Right, right. And so on. I will link back to that episode as well. Um, I'm pretty sure Morgan is on that episode, actually. Yeah, I think and, so. Yeah, I think that might have been maybe her first episode on there. Could have been. Because this was episode 13 and we talked about this other stuff. So Damn. it's probably episode 12 or some yeah. shit that we talked about that a long time ago. Um, so I'm sorry for anyone who listens to that. Um, <laughs> but then during August and November of 2018, there was a series of sanctions that were placed on Iran through the energy or on their energy, financial shipping and the shipbuilding industries. Um, and the administration, the president, the Trump administration called for the other partners in the JCPOA and the Iran nuclear agreement to take the same sanctions against Iran, right? The whole idea the whole time, what's it been called is like, a, a f- not a full force strategy, a, uh, Oh, it's yeah, that's a turn of phrase. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, you know what I'm uh, saying? And so, in efforts to cripple the Iranian economy in order to force them back to the table to renegotiate the nuclear agreement, you know, they've just been placing all these sanctions. And then on April 9th was when the IRGC was designated a foreign terrorist organization. Some kind of pressure. Um, Maximum, maximum pre- pressure campaign. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, we got there. So it's part of the tr- of President Trump's maximum pressure campaign, which they've been carrying out obviously since oh. the eighth when they withdrew from from the nuclear agreement. Um, if, if one was to classify it as a form of economic warfare, 
you could probably make that argument if it's yeah. easier to to think about it in broad strokes like that. Right, because earlier this week, uh, Mike Pompeo did a press conference with Steve Mnuchin, and they said that, you know, according to them, uh, when Iran goes to balance their books at the end of the year, they're going to be billions of dollars short because they have not been able to sell anything that they have. You know, mm-hmm. they're missing all this revenue. Um, and so if that's true, you know, then the maximum pressure campaign is working in at least one sense that whether or not it's working to get them back to the table, it's working to cripple the fuck out of their economy yeah. because they're not going to have enough money to support <clears throat> their government and all these offset militias that they're paying for, you know, these proxy forces around the globe that they're paying for to fight no. the United States. And so, try to keep their citizenry from revolting at yeah, the same time. They're going to have to, to you know, pick and choose uh, some programs. So, yeah. um, back to this timeline, on April 22nd was when the U.S. ended exemptions for the other countries in the JCPOA um, for buying Iranian oil. And so now the sanctions were going to apply to any other European countries that were going to buy oil from Iran. And so they obviously had to stop doing that, which again leads to this billions of dollars that are supposed to be missing out of their economy. On May 5th of 2019, the U.S. moved aircraft carriers, uh, an aircraft carrier strike force and a bomb and bombers to the Middle East on the 8th, Iran announced that it was going to increase uranium enrichment and it was going to soon pass the limits that were set by the JCPOA. So they had not withdrawn fully from the Iranian nuclear agreement, but they said that they were going to stop abiding by certain limits that were set within there. Um, on the 12th of May, four oil tankers were attacked and they were held up in the Persian coast. And that was uh, suspected to be the Iranian Royal Guard Corps, which obviously, like we talked about, had been designated a terrorist organization. We talked about that in episode 58. And so I'm going to link back to that as well. On the 13th of June, 2019, two more oil tankers were attacked. Talked about that in episode 61. So I'll link back to that. On June 20th, the Iranian Air Force shot down a U.S. surveillance drone that said that it had flown over uh, Iranian territory in there so there's a dispute you know whether or not it was international airspace or an iranian airspace yeah um and that was when and we talked about this as well i didn't write down what episode but this is when president trump called off an attack on iran there was an airstrike that was scheduled and then he found out um you know he asked he says he asked how many people were going to be killed and you know some hundred people or so were going to be killed mm-hmm. so he decided to call off this airstrike that he was going to do um On the 24th of June, additional sanctions were placed on Iran in lieu of this airstrike that we were going to do. On the 1st of July, the uranium uranium enrichment levels were reached by Iran, and so now they were going past this level. Um, On the 4th of July, there was an Iranian oil tanker that was seized for selling oil to Syria. And so British and Gibraltar Marines uh, captured this oil tanker uh, on favor of the United States. On the 18th of July, a U.S. naval vessel shot down an Iranian drone that got too close to it, so they said they shot it out of the sky. On the 20th of July, a British oil tanker was seized by the by the Iranian 
Royal Guard Corps, and we talked about that in episode sixty-four. Um, I'll say we've talked about all of all of these things, happened. all of these things. This yeah, was all over the period of like last summer. Su- yeah, super sure. That's what I'm saying. Episode fifty-eight, sixty-one, yeah. sixty-four. All these things are super close together. Um, and even if we were doing every other week at this point, which I think we were still every week, you know, that's they're yeah. happening so quickly together. Oh, yeah. Um, on the twenty-second, there were seventeen Iranians that were arrested for allegedly spying for the United States and. Reportedly, some of them were murdered by the Iranians, uh, by the government, on the 27th of December. So, a few months later, um, there was a U.S. contractor that was killed and several soldiers that were wounded when there was a rocket attack inside uh, of a military base. And that was done by an Iranian militia, right, an Iranian-backed militia. Um, and so, this is kind of when this new series of things happened, right? Yeah, the latest. <laughs> and, right, and it's it's strange that it's only these series of things that are being talked about right because it's Mm -hmm. if you ask me i mean all of these things have led up to what's going on right now not just this attack that happened in december all of these things that happened right Mm -hmm. and so we've talked about everything before this last attack in december on the podcast before but we did our last episode before the 27th and so we weren't here for that um and so on the after that on the 29th the u.s bombed Three places in Iraq and two in Syria that are tied to a certain sect of Hezbollah and 25 people were killed. And this certain sect of Hezbollah is obviously Iranian-backed and that's why these uh, bombing raids were taking place. On the 31st of December, a militia-backed militia-backed protesters attacked the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad, Iraq. They were lighting on fire. There are people in there that obviously were afraid for their lives. Um, on the 2nd of January, 2020, um, this is what we were talking about, is when a U.S. drone strike killed the uh, Iranian leader, Hasim Soleimani, and five others, one of them being the Iraqi militia leader. Um, and so this has been when this huge confusion has happened, right? And at first it was about... Uh, who gave the, the say so for this to happen, right? Because yeah. there's concern about, you know, why Congress didn't know about it and the justification. Um, and that argument came up because for the administration to carry out a military strike like this, there has to be some type of impending danger that they're fighting against, right? To go, yep. to do it without first getting congressional approval. And so obviously, you know, all the Democratic leadership, um, in Congress was upset that this happened. And, you know, we didn't know about it with, I think at least some warrant whether or not the justification is legitimate, right? Because Lindsey Graham knew about it, but the Democratic leadership didn't know about it. And so yeah. that I think is a little bit fucking ridiculous. Um, even if you don't get along with them, even if you fucking hate them, there's there still the congressional leadership. And if you're going to do something like this, they should know if Lindsey yeah. Graham knows because Lindsey Graham said that he knew, you know? Yeah. And is Lindsey, Lindsey Graham is on which, um, Senate? Committees. Is he's, he on the, I think he's uh, on the Judiciary Committee or yeah. The, yeah, the Intelligence Committee. Um, and then I think he might be on the Armed Forces Committee as well. But that would make sense. Right. But then it st- that doesn't justify why the Democratic leadership doesn't right. know. Right. And the right. I'm not yeah. saying that he shouldn't, that Lindsey Graham shouldn't know, but if he knows, then all of the leadership, the Gang of Eight, you know, as they yeah. call them, the leadership in all of the different committees that are the Armed Forces and the Armed Services Committees should. Yeah. have been told that this was happening. Because it shouldn't be a partisan told. issue. No. It should be no, like it the Congress should know about this. Right. Um, so whether or not, you know, we'll we'll get into that in just a second, whether or not the justification is legitimate, yeah. all of the leadership should have been told. Yeah. Um, so 
when President Trump first announced that this had happened, right, and he had the press conference, he said that this strike was carried out because they had evidence and legitimate intelligence that Hasim Soleimani uh, was planning an imminent attack that was going to take American lives, and that's why they had to carry out this attack, you mm-hmm. know, and, or this strike. And articles and, coming out within the last 24 hours are trying to make indications that um, the attack could have involved up to three different American embassies across the Middle East. Right, right. But we don't know yet because that none of the intelligence has been made public. Which is which is interesting, right? Because when that came out, it also contradicted the things that Mike Lee had said and Rand Paul had said earlier this week, right? Is these new reports like you were talking about of the attacks on the embassies or the evidence of the attack on the embassies supposedly came out when the Department of Defense briefed, you know, the the Gang of Eight and the other the other people in the Armed Forces Committee and the Armed Services Committee that had classified uh, access, like clearance, right? Yeah. yeah, when they had the clearance, and so after that happened, Mike Lee came out, Rand Paul came out, a bunch of other people came out. Tulsi Gabbard yep. said that they did not hear anything in that briefing that that legitimized this airstrike, and that they were told they shouldn't even be debating, you know, what's going to happen in Iran. They shouldn't yeah. even be talking about it. Mike Lee was almost screaming. It should be new to Mike Lee, of course, is a Republican, right? From Utah, Rand Paul's a Republican. And so it's not just Democrats that are saying they weren't convinced by this briefing. But as far as partisanship goes, they are two Republicans apart. They would be classified as more libertarian-esque in their republicanism. Um, They're very anti-interventionalists. And Mike Lee is newer to that. You know, Rand Paul was originally. Obviously, yeah. But, yeah, so that's why. Rand Paul's barely a Republican. Yeah, like he's Republican in name only, but he's he's slightly conservative, but he's right. he's mostly just a libertarian. He's kind of a, a people's guy, um, but that's why like something that involves foreign policy like this, you can have some breaks in the partisan lines right now, and you're seeing that a few Republicans, a few you know, a couple of Democrats, a lot of Democrats, but for legitimate reasons or not. Um, so there is some some pushback going on against something like this. Which has prompted two different bills to be drawn up, one in the Senate, one in the House, um, which we heard last week debate on the rules and then votes on the rules and then votes on the actual resolution itself in the House passing, essentially trying to kind of take back a little bit of power from the executives. Reclaim the war to, powers in the yeah. Congress, right? And the the senatorial one is much more robust and has a little bit more teeth. So we'll see what happens with that one. The, yeah, and the that House was on- one was specifically targeted towards like Iran, right? And it doesn't even need to be signed by the president. So we'll kind of see what happens. But, but- it's a concurrent resolution to. To the War Powers Act, I mm-hmm. think in like 76 or 79. Yeah. Um, and so there was some dispute and I don't, I don't really understand why. Um, but it's, they were quoting the War Powers Act that says that they just need to pass a concurrent resolution to be able to, to continue this, you know, mm-hmm. or at least add this and, and amend it. And so I'm not sure why anyone is able to argue that it's non-binding if it says in the War Powers Act that you just have to pass a, a concurrent resolution. And if that's exactly what this is, and if it gets passed in the House and in the Senate, then it's binding. And the president is not able to move forward any, you know, um, the set out military actions without congressional approval. Only in the, only in the effect that it 
it focuses on the nation of Iran. Right? Yeah. But the Iranian Royal Guard force and all that stuff are all designated terrorists. So it, he's still covered underneath that in the the War Powers Act in as far as he can attack terrorist entities <clears throat> in anywhere, which is what allowed him to do this thing in the first place. Because right now, we don't have any official rules down in the House or in the Senate that says you can't wage war against Iraq, well, Iraqi targets, or Irani targets and stuff like that. What they're using for justification for this attack is is the AUMF from from 2002 that says that yeah. they can do things in Iraq that has to do with terrorism. Yeah. And because there was a terrorist force and he was in Iraq at the time, that's what they're using as justification. Yeah. And that AUMF has to do with Saddam Hussein, not about terrorism in general. It has to do with terrorism involving Saddam Hussein. So I'm not sure how that can even be legitimately used as justification. And the, the only way that it really can be is when they're using Barack Obama as president. You know, they're using all these drone strikes that he carried out through his presidency yeah, which as, they have, as president, been which, to bring up. Yeah. which is legitimate, but it also makes you a piece of shit because you talk shit this whole time about him doing it and how it's not right that he did it. And now you're but doing he did it, too. it, so I'm going to do it too. So it's okay. But it wasn't right that he because did it. Because we got so the I don't, bad guy. I don't even understand, you know. It's all two faced nonsense. It's the same type of thing. They're trying to get away with it and justify it the same way that Obama tried to do it and yeah. justify it in their way. It's, it's horseshit. It is all horseshit because this is foreign policy now. Especially when the first justification was that they had imminent you know, they had imminent evidence that there, that there was going to be an imminent attack. Not that that they're combating terrorism and that he's a piece of shit, right? Yeah, because it's after that, it's, it's after that first narrative that there starts to be a shift. And I don't know if it's a shift in focus or if it's just a shift in focus in the media i don't know if the administration started to run with a different story that he's a bad guy and that's why this happened and it doesn't really matter you know because we Mm -hmm. should just be happy that it happened and i don't know if that's really what they started to argue or if someone said that and so that's what all the questions started to be about you know Mm -hmm. i i really don't know i'm not able to figure that out through all of the different interviews that i watched the different briefings i've watched i I can't parse it out. I don't know. That's the focus that there it's is hard now. Find. And yeah. so so I don't know. I don't so, know if they're moving away from it because you're right, they've come back to this new discussion that Mike Pompeo was saying. He said in the briefing they did yesterday or maybe on Thursday that they had specific evidence that of specific targets, you know, that he couldn't mm-hmm. discuss then, but they had evidence about it, and it wasn't a specific day or time. But it was targets that they had planned out that soon attacks were going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, hearing I what know. like Senator Lee and Paul and a couple of the other senators on those committees have said, they weren't convinced. Like I said, I don't know because it's hard to argue with. Some people say yes, some people say no, and we don't know because we're not going to see the actual evidence on yeah. it. Yeah, which is kind of a shitty thing. Because it's just kind of like, well, it's not – we're never going to know. We might know in like 40 years or well, something like that with a Pentagon Papers type situation. But the thing about that, right, is then this narrative of the three different embassies being attacked came from President Trump talking about it in a rally. And so him talking about it declassifies at least that knowledge, you know. If that and is so, indeed the truth. So if knowledge. it is the truth, then there has to be – 
there's got to just be enough time that goes by until someone fills out the right freedom of information request to get the piece of information that they can get that would confirm this, Mm -hmm. you know, if this is true. And so... And given how long that took people with the Bush administration, I would guess that it's not going to be this go around. Yeah. It'll be during another presidency at some and point. I, I think that that matters. You know, it's 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 been shifted. This whole thing has been shifted so weird into a strange, similar to, WMD. eerily similar, yeah, to the WMD thing and, and the Iraq war that... You know, if you don't agree with what happened here with this attack and this killing of Qasim Soleimani, then you don't love America and you're a piece of shit, you know, and you don't support the military and, you know, you should just go and sign up anyway. If you don't think that it's right or if you don't agree with it, you should go sign up. You should defend the country. You know, that's – there's Turk. all kinds of that. That's that's rampant through across the internet right now, you know. That oh, yeah. If, I mean, if, you're young Turks people. If you're or- so concerned, then you should sign up, you know, and you should, you should do it yourself. Was that – it was on the it Young Turks when they were talking about Ben Shapiro. Turks. He should be – well, why isn't he signing up to go fight? Blah, blah, Bro. blah, blah, blah. If you like it so much, I think that you can probably say that Kasim – oh, shit. Now I can't remember his name. Soleimani. Soleimani. Yeah. Is dead. The world is probably a better place for it. We'll probably just say that. Is but there you going get, to be, um, you know – there obviously there has been already. Obviously, there's been reverberations from this already. Yes. You know, um, so there's no question. You know, on whether or not there's going to be repercussions for it. And I said reverberations. Reverberations first, yeah. through time. That works though. It reverberations does. is fine. Yeah, just not um, the common turn of phrase. Yeah, yeah. Repercussions. Um, you know, whether or not it's going to continue to escalate, I don't know. I don't. I think that it's really fair to say that no one wants a. a conventional warfare between the United States and Iran. That would be bad. If that doesn't benefit anybody, um, partially because it makes America look like shit, and makes America look like what we've been doing for the last 18 years. And partially because Iran's actual standing military is absolutely nothing compared to the United States military, and it would be an unfortunately short it legitimate would. warfare between the two countries. It, you know? it would not be um, as quick but, as say like Iraq, but it would still be quick. I mean, yeah. they have Navy and air force powers. They have a lot of Russian backed weaponry and military units and military trained people. And I mean, they are a substantial force to be not to be taken lightly, but it's not something that would, it's not like an actual world war event, you know? And I don't think we have the Bismarckian, allegiance ties to ever prompt another world war like that no but um, no and that's it, why i'm talking con- about just warfare between the united states yeah and the it would just be those two i don't think it would ever get any bigger than that but even then yeah it would not be a long protracted it would probably the conventional war side of it would be short sweet yeah it would be heavy it would be fast that's that's what i mean that i yeah. i don't think that it would be years i think it would it would be yeah i don't think it would be f- two days like it was in iraq and stuff no. i think it would be like a week or two yeah probably but if, because it would have to escalate to a point that actual a substantial american lives were taken before there were a, sta- a substantial amount of boots mm-hmm. on the ground for something like that, an actual invasion force yeah. to take the government or to take like to take Tehran, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and unfortunately, I th- fortunately, 
I think we are at a more or less a a plateau at this point. Things have done because we did have a retaliation attack supposedly um, on U.S. air bases or joint bases in Iraq. Yeah, um, from a Iranian missile strike that was carried out. But depending on who you believe, because at this point, it's two different nations sending that their was own on propaganda. The, on the 8th, they were on launch rockets yep. in a two different coalition bases. No Americans were harmed, uh, some damage done to the bases, but uh, you know, no loss of life as far as we know. Yeah. It was also that same night that there was a Boeing 737 that was shot down over Tehran, and 176 people were killed. Everyone on board were killed. Which um, we have some interesting new developments. Initially that. reported as electrical failure, and that there was no black boxes found at the crash site um excuse me but, was ukrainian boeing 737 there was 63 canadians on board mm-hmm. um since then we've found out and i just want to this not, is interesting. i don't want to pat myself on the back right but i do a little bit because i just we're getting good right you were the first that i Dog. saw the moment this happened i was like this should be tracked. And I, I quote tweeted the first article that I saw. And it, I think it was just minutes after I saw the article. Mm-hmm. And I was this, this needs to be tracked because I don't, I don't buy that. I think that that's bullshit. And just a few days later, what it was last night, maybe two nights ago, I think that there was actually confirmed that there was video of the 737 being shot down from rockets from the ground. Yeah, and then a surface to air missile. Yeah. Because this took place, the the flight took out of or took off from the airport in Iraq or Iran, and within like two or three minutes, it had been shot down yeah. by a surface-to-air missile. Yep. And um, yeah, the video started to come out, um, which you could see it, the whole thing, and fireball, and then hits the ground and explodes, an oh, yeah. enormous explosion. And um, then last night, it might have happened at some point yesterday. The Iranian government come out and actually said that yes that was an unintentional yeah disastrous thing and now there's fucking people rioting people last night pissed. last night before i went to bed so it was you know 10 30 our time yeah. maybe 11 o'clock um yeah there was reports on cnn and on msnbc and fox that, that the iranian government had said that they had their early warning system on you know super crazy sensitive because they were scared to shit and so you know their guns and everything turned on really fast um and because of human error after that the boeing 737 was shot down and that's and really pissed off the geopolitical community that is other than united states really not good we they killed a lot of canadian citizens in that 63 and and Canada is – you don't think of Canada as a major, like, world power, uh, at least as far as, like, fo- foreign policy. and But they are a Western nation that was severely affected by this. Our neighbors to the north, 63 people were killed by the Iranians because they thought the U.S. Well, was invading, right? It's important to know, right? So – and I don't – I'm Canadian, so I want to take a moment to make sure that this is stated because people shit on Canada all the time. There's all kinds of jokes, all the whatever, right? Yeah. But people forget that Canada had a whole section of the beach on D-Day. 
You yeah. know, they had a whole portion of the beach there. I mean, Canada has lost a whole shit ton of soldiers in the Middle East, along with American soldiers that have been lost there. You know, they have been they're, there. They're they're not fucking around. They're doing the same thing that we're doing. You they know? are a member of the NATO missions all across the world, and maybe they don't contribute as much, say, as the U.S. does because we got a big giant military that but we their like conventional to show off. military fights along the united states yes. consistently in the middle east just like they did in world just War II. like they do just like the french do just and like they a just lot lost of- 63 citizens because the iranian government wasn't careful enough with mm-hmm. their missile systems and i don't think that that's going to be taken as seriously as it should be 63 no. canadian citizens were just fucking murdered by the iranian government because they weren't careful enough along with a lot of dual citizens from Iran yeah. and native Iranians. This at is- best, it was negligence. And at worst, they thought that it was an American plane, which it kind of seems like is what they're saying, that they thought that it was. And that's why the human error occurred is because they're like, oh, shit, that might be an American plane. Let's take it down. You know, I don't. It's bullshit. Well, it's, and it's going to. It's national. It's two nations posturing on the, you know, the, the war front. And civilians getting caught up in the middle of it because you have these two. <sighs> it's kind of hard to separate, but you have two world leaders at it. You know, you have the governments of two nations fighting over something. Yeah. Whatever it is. Whereas you have the entire time, you know, Iran is not the populace of Iran against us as the populace of America's. No, right. These are two different governments that are trying to have problems with each other and most people aren't wanting to go along with it and so we got caught up in the crossfire here and they own gold themselves and i think when they had first come out and said oh this was a uh, mechanical failure all this stuff they were that's instinctive we're not taking the raps for this they find out what's going on get a look at the bigger picture and realize if they don't fess up Killing a bunch of Canadian citizens is just as bad as killing a bunch of American citizens as far as, like, war breaking out in some conventional fashion. And that was the whole idea behind this this rocket strike or this missile strike on the bases. Is depending on who you listen to, they called ahead and said, hey, we, we're going to do this. Right. Get the fuck out. Hide. The U.S. is saying, oh, yeah, our early warning systems and all that. I don't believe that for a second. This is the the Ayatollahs trying to make sure that we don't actually go to war, because the Ayatollahs know that if they're if we do have a conventional war, they're the first ones that are going to be dead. Well, and and they don't from, want to be dead. From all the reports that I have heard, whether it's Fox News or it's MSNBC, the people of Iran are far more supportive of the American government than the actual government of Iran is. And so it seems to me that, like you're saying, if there's going to be some type of of fighting in the country of Iran, the Ayatollahs might find themselves in a similar position as uh, Gaddafi did in Libya. Or Saddam. Yeah, they're not going to be... If the populace has access to them, they're fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, so many of these people who are riding in the streets that aren't planted there by the government, people are being murdered by the government for for protesting in the streets. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's happening, happening consistently in Iran. People are not happy about it. You know, there are a lot of people who who did attend the funeral and mourn in the streets for Kasim Soleimani. But there's 
There's also people that died there because yeah. they had a a uh, uh, what do you call that? A uh, the herd kind of a stampede. People got caught up and crushed in the stampede of people. And people don't like to compare it to this for whatever reason. I'm not really sure, but if if you had to compare it, right? You're talking about all these people that are out in the streets. Whether or not you like Mike Pompeo, you know, if Mike Pompeo was assassinated in some type of drone strike by another country, people would show up by the thousands to, you know, in his procession from wherever to wherever he was going to be buried because he's the secretary of fucking state of the United States. You know, whether or not you like Donald Trump, you like Mike Pompeo. That's that's a solid figure in the government, you know. Oh, yeah. If Mike Pence, as many people as hate Mike Pence, if Mike Pence was killed in in a drone strike, come on, man. And I, I don't think I don't know why people don't like to look at it that way, you know. But when you when you if, if it's a an overhead, you know, and you mm-hmm. put two laminations or whatever the fuck they're called over each other, an overhead projector. Yeah, well, what are the plastic things called? That's, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. That. Those I don't know. Those transfer sheets or whatever. Those yeah, clear yeah, sheets they used yeah. to use. There was a special name for them, but yeah, I don't remember. And so, whether or not you like Kasim Soleimani, you know, he's a, a the number two figure in your government. I mean, you're you're gonna show up probably and mourn that's going on. Mm-hmm. Certainly, a fraction of the people you saw in the videos, you know, were placed there by the government, um, but. The government doesn't have hundreds of thousands of people to to put no. on the streets, you know. No. So, and it's it's an interesting situation. So there's a lot of people that are waiting, you know, for that evidence, um, for the intel, the verification of the intel that there was an imminent attack that was going to take American lives. Um, if the reports that are coming out now are verified, then there that seems to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you said, validated, but um, I f- I tend to believe the people that were in the room, you know. And Mike Pompeo was in the room, but Mike Pompeo also is kind of like, you know, how much can you he, truly believe? Right. So you can tell he used to be in the CIA. I do think that it's interesting, though, how many people, you know, kind of like the the people who are hardcore Trump, right? That like ten, even Tucker Carlson talked about this. That like ten minutes ago, we're talking about how you could not trust the intelligence agencies because you know <laughs> there was a deep state and they were against the president, and now they're willing to just whole wholesale buy everything that they're selling because they are killing terrorists. And they're like, oh well, fuck them. They said that there's you know yeah. in, there's intelligence, so why are we even questioning? They're the intelligence agency. It's like, well, the fuck, like. That's kind of a quick turnaround yeah. on who you trust. Yeah, so I think that that's really, really interesting, you know. Well, I don't think it's that interesting when you really parse it out. Because when Trump talks about not trusting the deep state actors and stuff and the intelligence community and all this stuff, he's really talking about the, domestically, the FBI. I haven't really heard him talking too much shit about the CIA, you know, which is respond. The FBI doesn't fuck around with much outside of the country. That's all CIA. Yeah. The CIA cannot operate within the continental <laughs> United States. That's so let me talk to you about one other thing, right? Is in our, our rededication to the podcast, right? One of the new sources that I've been watching is the Young Turks. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. The man. Young Turks <laughs> argued at one point that the things that are happening here, and we talked about it a little bit as well. You know, if you're looking at it like a transfer sheet on an overhead, there's a lot of similarities between what's happening here and what happened in, you know, 2001, 2002. 
leading mm-hmm. up to the Iraq war, you know? Uh, and so they said the same playbook is, you know, is at hand here. There's, you know, everything is, is happening. That's the same. And so, you know, they, we'd be lied to. So we can yeah. Go to war. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, and that's exactly what Cenk Ugra said is, is that all of this is made up. You know, it's all fabricated. It's not real. And that's why, not that it's a could like a conspiracy, but that they're lying just like they did that led us into Iraq because, you know, he wants to get reelected and all this, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and so at first I, thought that that was bullshit right there are some similarities like we talked about but and so mm-hmm. i knew that but i didn't think that the same thing is happening or that even that the same players are there you know um but then i did see some other similarities that um gina haspel who is the head of the cia now oh yeah um, she had some was issues. also you know part of the black sites that kind of were going yeah. down we learned know. about that during and, her confirmation and- exactly um and there's also a movie that came out on amazon that you should watch um that is called the report that has adam driver in it <gasps> and he I love adam driver, plays yeah. a guy and there's an episode of the intercept that is kind of a companion to this that has the guy who adam driver plays his name is daniel jones so daniel jones is on this episode of the intercept and he's the one that wrote the report about the black sites about the torture program about all of this shit oh, and course. so yeah of course glenn greenwald gets his hand exactly on guy. so yep so jeremy scahill interviewed him for like 45 minutes you know so oh, we yeah. talked for fucking ever that's the best thing good, about man. that podcast is the long interviews they do yeah um so the movie is fantastic you have to pay a lot of attention if you're gonna watch it you have to be very focused you the can report def- you can smoke yeah the report definitely smoke but you have to like sit down and watch it you know oh, yeah. don't do other shit when you're doing it but when i watch uh, a movie and smoke i only focused on the movie. yeah i yeah. lose myself to the movie um and so gina haspel is portrayed in that movie as someone who you know is hiring different people to prove that the torture programs work mm. and all of these people are bullshit you know they're all lying and so there are some players here you know, especially when you're talking about the people that are finding the intelligence that's leading to these attacks that mm-hmm. were there when, when you know, this, what they call the Bush Doctrine, you know, that yeah. people are arguing, you know, that's nonsense. It's not the same playbook because President Trump killed the Bush Doctrine, you know. Yeah. And the Bush Doctrine um, is, from what I understand, like you were talking about, lying to people in order to, you know, to carry out this war. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Yeah, they did it in the Bush administration. Ben Rhodes and the Obama administration did that. I mean, the Vietnam for, War, I mean, all, I mean everything. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's all... We have a long track record yeah. of that in, in bipartisan fashion. Right. Which is very interesting. Right. I don't... I, I certainly wouldn't put it past, you know, when Mike Lee and Rand Paul are coming out and saying, I don't think this is legit. Yeah. You guys were doing some fuckery here. Tulsi Gabbard, you don't necessarily her opinion on so that doesn't like hold that stick, whole lot of weight. You know, yeah. yeah. And it was the same like when she voted present and shit during the right. like, know, all yeah. that. As per yeah, as per the usual. Yeah, which people were all pissed off about. I was like, dude, you don't obviously know Tulsi Gabbard then. Of course she didn't. She fucking didn't vote for that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see that being out of the realm of possibility for sure here. And I think context is a little different in this point because obviously, I mean, it would be wonderful for the world to have the Iran of the 1950s, you know, a very westernized democracy before we 
honestly got in there and started fucking around like we have always done in the past and put up the mullahs to be in charge. And, you know, the Ayat- the president of Iran has no real power in Iran. Right. It's the Ayatollah and the military. And that never works out because if your people aren't with you and the backbone of your society, economic warfare through sanctions can work because you pit- you starve the people enough and you put them in a bad situation enough, they're going to turn against the real people who are in power and then you can rebuild and start over from scratch. Right. Mind you, it's a it's only collateral damage at that point. Yeah. But it's a non-boots-on-the-ground way to wage war in 2020. And I wouldn't put it past being what's going on now. <coughs> um, what the fuck was I going to say? Do you there's think there will be... you think we're done for now? Or you think it's there's going to be another retaliatory attack? Iran? Um, I mean, it, as far as escalation goes. I think they really, really screwed themselves with shooting down that plane. Because now the entire Western world's pissed. Yes, um, especially if, and I don't think this is likely, but if Canada believes that some retaliatory action should be taken out, that's pretty sweet. It's got a... Oh! It's clutch. Stored in the bottom, eh? Yep. There was a uh, head shop right next door to the stash. Word. Anyways. Um... If Canada feels there should be some retaliatory action taking place, then I got to believe that America has some hand in it. You know, I don't think that Canada does it by itself, especially because we've just been getting down, you know, with mm-hmm. I, with Iran that I think that Justin Trudeau was like, hey, T-Dog Millionaire, why don't you ride with me and we'll drop some bombs and we'll fucking mm-hmm. do some shit and everything will be cool and I'll sell you guys some milk and and we'll, you know, I'll buy some of your milk and, you know, we'll call it good. <laughs> yeah, and, let's, uh, let's sign that uh, yeah, USMCA. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, Which is something um, that we talked about earlier. That's on Mitch's desk. Yeah. So, if it doesn't stop now, I don't think that it goes much farther. Because I told you, no, I don't think anybody, no one wants conventional no, warfare no. with Iran. You know, no, it, it doesn't, it doesn't Conventional warfare anybody. is too scary these days. Um, and it, it, it doesn't play well for Trump like it did for mm-hmm. bush you know it's not the same thing um no. if there would have been you know not that i'm like hoping for anything but if there would have been an, an attack especially inside of america that you know that happened oh, that would have been there totally would be different. a whole new a whole different deal you know mm-hmm. but because That's why it was stopped i think most people are like well then the deal is done right we killed him like they it, so f- yeah. fuck it like i think this was if I was going to put my opinion on it, my overall opinion, I think we're done here for now. Um, I don't know what will happen going forth, but I think as far as violent escalations, um, this was an own goal that ended the game this time around. You know, the the league isn't over yet. The season isn't over, obviously, but this game is over. This matches yeah. up because they, they own gold themselves. And, you know, you can tell... In my mind, if you look at the way they gave everybody a heads up before the missile strike on the air bases, you can tell they were trying to have a power move there that would play with the populace back home to kind of satisfy the more extreme realm, placate the masses. Everybody kind of takes a win-win. Nothing really major happens. No, no. The biggest thing was we couldn't have any soldiers killed because that would have been, you can't do that. That's bloodlust and... 
but you do that and it's over. Okay. They're happy. Nobody died on our end. We're okay. We, we put some more sanctions on them, um, on some more people and some, I think it's the steel industry in Iran as well. So we yeah. got some more economic sanctions going down, but then we find out this, the plane thing. Right. And then they have to ultimately come <coughs> in and fess up with that and then apologize to the essentially the world just throw it out there because if they wouldn't take ownership of that and if they were saw if the the global population saw them as trying to hide something and cover it up like they had done originally with like oh it's mechanical failure if they didn't own up to it then they would have said no you killed a bunch of people in some fuckery and now we're going to come fix that stuff but since they apologized canada's not going to hold them you know, to that, they're going to support our sanction campaign now. They're going to support more of an economic style sanctions. We're not going to have any blowback from some of our closest allies for taking action, I think, going forth. Yeah. And so it'll still be, you know, our maximum pressure campaign is still going on. Ultimately, we'll probably look at some kind of in country revolution against the mullahs or the Ayatollahs, maybe. But I think that's the overall plan. But. That's my guess as to where we're at. I think we're done. We don't have to worry about any more, you know. There's been so many fucking articles trying to blame Trump specifically for um, the deaths of those Canadians and stuff like that. Because we started this conflict and all that. And yeah. You went over the timeline earlier. This is, They've been poking and prodding at people, the Western world, for a long time now. Yeah. Some people would argue ever since the 70s, you know, the actual revolution back then. Certainly. Oh, there's way more. This is well, we just... We go back 40 yeah, years, This is probably. the only timeline that I have here. I am not by any means saying mm-hmm. that this is the start of our issues with Iran. I am not at all saying that. So, thank you for that. This is goes back, yeah, way to the 70s. That's You've yeah. talked about that. You've done, you know, blog posts about that when you're talking about the Contras and all that shit. So, so no, this is just the timeline for President Trump, really. That's mm-hmm. really the only thing that I provided. It's here. like the so, latest season right. of, yeah, you know, the Iran show. Right. But, yeah, I think we're done. I don't think we need to worry. There'll be something else that happens later. This might kind of postpone a lot of fuckery, though, if you ask me, because Iran has to play it really close to the vest now and really kind of stand back and not be seen to cause too many problems now. Especially but. if... And they are. Pompeo. They recently announced they're getting out of the JCPOA too now. Yeah, right. And that's that's, and that was before the the fuckery went down. And now, like they pissing off a lot of people now, not just America. Well, and especially if Pompeo and Mnuchin are right that you know they're going to come up billions of dollars short on their on no, their they budget, will. they're going to be struggling. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it. Who knows if the propaganda is to be believed, but. With them coming out, the Iranian president announcing that that was their fault and they it was an accident, it was a tragic mistake, all this stuff that you know the populace is pissed now, right? You know this that won't stand. You know if they're getting caught up in some fuckery from, you know the supreme leader, maybe we don't want you around anymore, man. We got a tough life as it is. The sanctions are ruining our our fucking shit, and you're not helping. All right, right. <clears throat> so who knows? But I think we're done with it, which is nice because I got a little nervous there for a second, even myself. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I was too concerned from the beginning. Uh, last week we went out to dinner with like Katie and Leif, and 
um, he was talking to me about it. And I told him, I was like, I don't, I just don't think that it will go down like that. You no. know, that's the, the two people, the two leaders, you know, the Ayatollah and President Trump are both so unhinged in their own way. You know, not that they're the same thing. I'm not comparing them, but they're definitely, in, you know, there's definitely a few degrees of separation between our leaders and us as nations. Right. You know, even with Iran, you know, nobody wants what they fucking are trying to pull here. So who knows? They both know that they're crazy enough that if they go back and forth too much, then one of them is going to, it might do something stupid. And that's exactly, you know, what a lot of people are arguing that Trump did by, by killing Soleimani, you know, that this was, that popping off, you know, they're like, all right, enough of this. Like, I don't, we're just gonna, this is the, the next thing we could do outside of just straight killing your leader. You know, we're taking this guy out and we're going to be done with it. Mm-hmm. And Iran is like, all right, we're going to send some missiles, but you know, put everyone inside because we don't want to, you know, we no. have to, I, I don't want to die. Right. So, but I need to be powerful. Can right. You, we got to make it look like we did some, something, yeah. you know? Um, and then accidentally, taken down yeah. accidentally you know quote unquote well, taken down this airliner I, I don't know everybody always looks at it as like well what if fucking trump goes unhinged and actually accidentally smashes the button or the ayatollah gets pushed so far he goes crazy and pushes the button i don't think that's the way it would go down it it went down somebody somebody flinched in their bluff and that was iran and because they accidentally shot down a passenger liner yeah oops you fucking flinched it's you lose, bro. I'm sorry, but they cannot escalate anymore because now they will be seen by their people as completely and utterly unhinged, and the revolution starts, and they're getting they're molested by a bayonet. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the what happened with Saddam Hussein and Muammar Gaddafi in this modern area being era broadcast on the internet. That brings a lot of reality to like overthrows of, of governments and stuff that never probably was really ever seen by other dictatorial leaders Yeah, until now. And that, I mean, the picture of one of the most, you know, evil, vile people in the world being like his body being just fucked with bad. I mean, that scarred somebody like me. And I'm just like, yeah, he fucking deserves it. But goddamn, that's rough, man. People are just terrible, terrible things. It's dark. And you're now you're a world leader. And what happens if you fuck up the wrong way, or one of your people fucks up? And but you're in charge. This is your problem. You don't want to be that guy. That's terrifying. I don't care who you are. Nobody wants that. Yeah. Even the Ayatollah Khomeini doesn't want that. So, crisis averted. Everybody calm the fuck down. Nobody's, we're not going into World War Three. <coughs> yeah, I am interested to see what comes of uh, some type of nuclear agreement, you know, because President Trump also said in his press conference when he announced um, the missile attacks that Iran, as long as he was president, would never have a nuclear bomb. You know, opened with that, but yeah, Didn't that was the first the thing beforehand. that he said. Um, but if there's no, you know, if there's no agreement and nothing to stop them, then I don't know 
what's to stop them just like nothing stopped North Korea. You know, we said the same thing to them. And, you know, for a while, everyone kind of thought that the maximum pressure campaign had happened and or had worked with North Korea. And now they're like, well, you know, not too long ago, there were reports that they're like, well, fuck it. You know, we're going to keep doing us and we're going to start testing missiles again and we're just going to carry on with what we were doing before, you know? So it worked for a little bit, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll grant that, but... I think Where are we at now? You in know? this situation, at least with Iran, they got caught and they're on their back foot. And so we need to get in there and land a, a diplomatic punch, if you will, and force them back to the table now. Whereas with North Korea, you don't really have that because it's a hostage situation. Right. You know, so there's real no there's really no leverage over there. There's only economic pressure. And here we actually have some leverage now. I think they're on their back foot. It, it could be time to force some kind of deal. But the problem is with Iran and that kind of ideology that they have, whatever deal needs to be worked out, they need to be seen as a powerful force coming to the table for, you know, they can't come with the tail tucked between their legs, which is a complicates thing because ain't nobody want to die in this situation. The Ayatollah doesn't want to die. He's probably going to want to fix this somehow, but he's got to do it his way. So we'll see what happens. But I would think now would be the time to do that. And I think they'll probably come up with something, I would imagine, whether or not it it ends up coming to full fruition. I don't I don't know, but we'll find out. Yeah. It'll be interesting times. It'll play interestingly in the 2020 election. I think that's going to be something people will talk about. You know, primaries (laughs) are coming up. Going to be interesting. I don't know, but I don't want four more years of T-Dog Millionaire, but it might happen, I think, at this point. Well, there have been, you know, uh, you know, some of the Democratic candidates have come out and talked a little bit about it and just that they don't agree, you know, with exactly what happened and they're not sure what the justification was. Elizabeth Warren um, said that if there isn't you know, legitimate, solid evidence of an, of an imminent attack. And that's why they carried it out. Then why now, you know, that he, he is a bad guy. There's no question about that, you know, but he was a bad guy, you know, a year ago, two years ago, six months ago, and a year from now, he'll still be a bad guy. So why now, you know, over any other time, which there, you know, that's, that's one of those parallels that we were drawing, you know, that, other people have used, uh, you know, warfare with other countries before to kind of bolster their chances at being reelected yeah. um, to continue on with what's going on. So, but I don't think that plays well in Trump's base. You know, he, he ran on getting out of the forever wars and all this good stuff and getting out of the Middle East. And he's in part done that, but also you know, being kind of an interventionist like that doesn't really play well with his base. Yeah. But killing bad guys does. Right. And, and I, so if he kills the bad guy and then still is like, well, no, we're not increasing more troops. I mean, we, we did increase what, like another 3000 troops or something like that. I agree. It doesn't play well with his base, but that's exactly what these people that he has in place were known to do. We talked about that mm-hmm. when John Bolton got there or Mike Pompeo got there, they were super hawkish on Iran. So maybe they're not the only ones, you know, that's in when we're talking about the difference in the narratives, right? President Trump says that there's information that he got intel that that led him to do this attack. Mike Pompeo is saying 
well, he's a terrible guy. So, you know, in the end, does it really matter? Yeah, because big loss, right? So dead bad guy. So when we're talking about their narrative that that we're being lied to, and that's what's leading into war for the people to be to be reelected. Mike Pompeo has already said that he's going to stay in that position as long as President Trump asks him to be there. President Trump hasn't expressed anything but pleasure with Mike Pompeo being there. That's he's we a have, good boy. We have every reason to believe that President Trump being reelected means that Mike Pompeo stays as Secretary of State for the next four years, mm-hmm. right? So. When we're talking about drawing parallels, there is, and if you look at the history of things that have happened in the Trump administration, that the people that work under him have, in certain instances, kind of operated independently of whatever President Trump has said because they yep. feel like they know what's right. You, you know? hired me to do this job. I'm doing the job. I don't, not going to let you. There is a certain argument that can be made in some instances, right? That some people would make. That Mike Pompeo or some other people that are very hawkish on Iran in the Middle Eastern, you know, conflicts that are more interventionist mm-hmm. might have some quote unquote intelligence, you know, that they're presenting to President Trump or at least this option because we know that some 10 days before this strike came out, President Trump was offered this exact same option and chose not right? to Right. And chose not to do it. Yep. So, and they're saying, well, we offered it just because that's what we're supposed to do is offer a whole array from a, you know, a really small thing to a really big thing. Yep. So that's why we put it out there. But it was talked about 10 days before. So it's not like it was totally so out of the blue. Yeah. So know? what did he hear that made him change his mind on that one? I got to pee again. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> there's. You want me to run real quick? There's a. Uh, yeah, no, we'll just, uh, yeah, we can go ahead. Whatever thought yeah. you have. So, the, but that's, it's, and I wonder, there's an argument to be made, you know? Yeah. And I wonder too if maybe, because I know for a fact he has lost, a f- he's lost two people from his base that I know who are absolute diehard supporters through this, but maybe adopting more of that, I kill bad guys still, you know, I may want to get out, but I still kill bad guys, might have gained some new people to his base. Yeah. Maybe. Think about that. Yeah, it's tough. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what his base is going to be. Or um, the 538 podcast does a lot of work with polls and stuff like that. Colin and I have talked about that before. Um, I don't know. I think that, I think that it's really interesting. I think especially with the Afghanistan report, you know, having just come out or the report on the Afghanistan war. Um, I think it's fair to say that it adds just a little bit more uh, suspicion to whether or not there might be some false intelligence flying around, especially if you're concerned about some type of deep state or some shit like that. But All the deep state. Um, I don't know. It's weird so, stuff. Do you want to talk about uh, these gun laws? Yes. Because the local government's talking about. So we'll move over to some local law talk, and then we'll talk about some playoff football. And then we'll get the fuck out. It's of going here. down. Yep. So let me just tell Jordan what the plan is, and then we'll uh, we'll move on here. Word. So go Paco. Yep. Um, <sighs> so I don't know. I gotta look and see. I I fell asleep on my computer last night, and I didn't Kids look it up this morning. Has a good article about it. Okay. I That's saw a couple editorials. Had, yeah. One in the Seattle Times about a guy just going off proselytizing about why it needed to be adopted. Yeah. And it was the same talking points of school shootings and we don't need these things and all this good stuff. 
Um, but what we're talking about here is a is it yeah it's an actual piece of legislation at this point. It is a series of pieces of legislation that Jay Inslee has asked. I believe his name is Bob Ferguson. Yeah, who's the um, attorney general? Yeah, to draw up and then have you know brought into the local yeah and uh, this is le- legislature something that bob Fer- this has been a bob ferguson thing for a long time he's several he's brought years. it up for several years but this is the first time the the governor himself jay Inslee, has signed on to this situation and is actually supporting it which i don't know if that really holds any more weight than normal i don't think that jay inslee is going to be reelected. So, i don't think he's that popular of a guy right now no especially if this i got i should have looked it up and i fucking forgot but i think that the 120 days on the vape ban is coming up like real soon good and they're gonna have to decide whether or not it's gonna be permanent or they're gonna let everyone come back but if they turn it over there's so many people that have lost their businesses since this has happened that he's fucked i don't there's no way i don't see any way that there, he gets off re-elected. a lot of people yeah, no there's with the taxes and with the everything it's it's bad i don't see a way that jaynesley gets reelected. i would sure hope but, not but i will say seattle's a big place so i don't know if he's pissed off enough seattleites to make him that lose too much but to be perfectly honest i i don't have a good understanding of like the the polling demographics and our own state as far as state legislatures and governor's races and stuff goes to even have a an honest opinion on it but yeah i'm not sure i would sure hope not after this last presidential campaign i mean who runs for president on a single issue one single issue i'm gonna run on this and that's it bro come on you're not winning that race bro i could do a whole segment on one of these podcasts about reasons that i don't like jay like actual (laughs) legitimate reasons not just like i don't like his stupid face like actual legitimate reasons so yeah so this this that's a whole deal legislation it's a series of pieces of legislation that jay Inslee has asked bob ferguson to write up um varying from my fucking tour browser closed and so i gotta wait for it to come back up but um there's one that has to do with banning uh semi-automatic assault rifles and in this new piece of legislation it's defined as um yeah they're defining it for this particular piece of legislation and they're defining it as a rifle that has that semi-automatic that has, has at, at least, least one, one military feature. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so that's good, guys. You you fucking cleared those muddy, you, muddy waters right, right up, so didn't you? I'll be interested to see because the pieces of legislation that the Washington State Legislature puts out are generally pretty fucking short. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to gun, actually. Yeah. To guns, actually. And so I'm interested to see if they also define military style feature. Um, in Probably not. the bill itself. So <laughs> come on. So I'm interested to see that. Um, there's one that has to do with increased training required for concealed pistol license. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that has to do with background checks for buying ammunition. Um, and that has to do like they have to get access to like the quick, you know, background check system that there is for 
guns that we don't have that anymore here for buying guns because you still have to wait. I mean, they believe they can still use the system, but you still have to wait, you know, 10 days anyway. Yeah. Um, I think it's been that way. It's uh, you go in, you find a background check, and then you have your, your anger management wait period. So that if you're angry at somebody and that's why you're buying a gun, you're going to have, you're going to have time to change your mind. Just since last July. Yeah. Um, and when we went into <laughs> one of the local gun stores, it wasn't Sportsman's. It was a small tank works. We went in there. Um, there was actually, it is by Chips Casino in Bremerton. Okay. You know, I have no clue. You know, me in Bremerton, man. Um, there I know was where a couple uh, places are. I know how to get to the garage. There was a board in there for a repeal I-1639. I believe it. And I should have left my fucking stack of business cards there, but I'm an idiot. It's um, all right. It'll still be there. Yeah. So, but I like that place. Um, and so, yeah, so there's a series of different gun laws that are being, you know, that are asked to be being written up here. Yeah. There's a high cap mag... Yes, yeah, yeah, and a high-capacity magazine, one that is uh, 10 rounds. And the (laughs) what I thought was really interesting was in this article, the quote that I obviously can't remember who it's from now because my fucking Tor browser is – it's it's getting ready. It's Um, getting ready. It said that they were doing that because of the shooting – in uh, in Ohio, I believe, where the guy used the hundred round drum magazine, mm-hmm. so that's why they wanted to cap it at ten. And I was Facts sincerely not confused by the difference, you know, in those numbers and why the one hundred justified the ten. Um, Just because one is too many, Donovan. That seemed really. Weird, that's my unsubjective right? look and at that. We have, yeah, I don't know. We have talked before um where i can understand why people are uncomfortable with aftermarket like drum magazine purchases i understand why people are uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with that but i also understand why someone would argue that it is not really anyone's business why they would own that as long as they're a responsible gun owner like the vast majority of people are you know Mm -hmm. Most people who have that type of shit are, like, it's for fun, you know? Because there's not, like, a no one's slapping a 100-round drum magazine to defend their house. Like, no, that's bro. not practical. It takes so long to load up a 100-round drum magazine. It takes fucking forever, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that's the thing you take to the range, like, out into the woods to fuck around with and have fun, you know? Because that's something that people do. Because if you have shot a gun before, you most likely thought that it was, like, at least a little bit fun. You know, there's some people that don't, and that's fine. So I'm not saying everyone does, but most people, you know, that try it out and give it an honest, genuine try, it's it's a pretty fun time, you yeah. know. Yeah, it definitely so, is, man. It definitely I is. um, that's a tough one to have though a conversation about because, like you said, there's that conflict of like, well, yeah, right, like you don't need to be, but like, why not? I guess, you know, I mean, I can't come up with some, you know, objective, legitimate reasons why you shouldn't, except for maybe it's just a kind of a dumb waste of money. But if that's what you want to do, I mean, some people pay for cable. I think that's a stupid waste of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, who are, who am I to, to make that call? You know, I drive a big ass fucking diesel truck. Some people would think that's immoral. 
to do because I'm hurting the environment. And there's other ways for me to do the things I, I think I need to do in my truck, haul stuff around. Yeah. People do it all the time without it, but it's who are you to judge my decision? You know what I mean? It's a, and when you're talking about something as you know severe as gun legislation and, you know, the, essentially you're talking about the right to have the ability to easily kill people because that's a gun is capable of doing that. Just like right. if I buy a chainsaw, it's very, it's very easy to, for me to kill people if I wanted to. But I didn't, or on accident. Right. But I didn't buy my pistol to kill someone. But nobody I does. To defend myself. And yeah. I don't buy a chainsaw to kill people. I buy them to cut wood. But it could be done that way. It's a tool. And with a gun, it's, you know, it's one of its yeah. main functionalities is to be able to kill things. But doesn't mean that it's not fun still. Just like a, a chainsaw has a purpose, but it's also fun to go out and just cut things with fucking chainsaws. Yeah. You know, it's loud, so, and there's power, and there's sawdust, and it's fun. So let's talk about this, right? So similar laws have been, you know, f- passed in Virginia, right? Yes. Or have been brought up, and there has been not good response in many counties across Virginia where sheriffs are saying they're not going to enforce these laws. People who live there are saying they're not going to abide by these laws. There's Did we mention whole, that last time, that ter- that new type of sanctuary city? Um, I think that we may have, yeah, I think we may have talked about it for a minute, but yeah, the Second Amendment sanctuary um, where, like I said, people are saying that they're not going to abide by these laws. I think that there are more people than most would assume in this state that would do something similar, you know? I think so. Um, I I, I just don't think that, especially because we've seen it be done in other states now, you know? Mm -hmm. We're not the first ones to do it. We've seen it be done in other places. I think that, especially in eastern Washington, there's going to be a lot of people who like hard no, you're not going to do this, you know, and you're certainly not going to be able to separate, you know, eastern Washington, like so many people want to do into liberty, um, (laughs) the separate state liberty, um, but What's the capital of liberty? I'm not sure. (laughs) That's what I I would want to know. Um, Moses Lake, probably. Um, but highly biblical. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, so I don't, I'm not sure how well this will go over. You Mm -hmm. know, I have a moderate level of concern. Um, obviously concern that it's even being discussed. Um, but only moderate because, a lot of these things, like you said, have been discussed before and then don't get followed mm-hmm. through. Which is um, strange to think, given the fact that our what our current makeup of the legislature is. There is certainly a more left-leaning makeup of the legislature now. Um, it's Democrats in the House and the Senate in our state. Mm-hmm. So And the executive. E- yeah. So, And we, as far as our district courts and stuff go, we have a pretty liberal... Um, state court system too um given the fact that where the districts are obviously but yeah um you know it's it's interesting that was uh, that guy that wrote the editorial in the seattle times went off about that the fact that they've been in power for you know so many years and have failed to do this every time yeah it that that kind of stuff gives me hope too that we won't just go blindly into the night and yeah good luck roll the fucking dice so i'm not saying that this makes it any better but just uh 
in you know full disclosure um ferguson and Inslee want to limit magazines to 10 rounds this is from the kitsap sun article um the bill makes exceptions for law enforcement military and recreational shooting ranges so you can still have those things if you've purchased them already at a recreational shooting range you know and if you're a police officer you can still have like a Glock 19, you know, something like that. You can still carry a gun that has more than 10 rounds in it. Um, so it'd be grandfathered in. Yeah, yeah, but you can't, if it's you and I, you know, I can't, I would have to get different magazines for my gun that only have 10 rounds in them and not 15. Um, so I can only carry one that has 10 rounds in it. Um, I think that that's strange. That's something that I've written to our own, mm-hmm. you know, representative about. Um, and how do you enforce that? I mean, is it just, I don't know, man, the enforcement aspect of it, it's all different anyways. It's like, okay, maybe you just can't buy any more because right. And that's, yeah. But I mean, as far as carrying it, right, because they're illegal, I would imagine it would be legal to carry it, you mm-hmm. know, Yeah. because I don't know how you just like when you go like duck hunting, you have a a shotgun magazine that can hold up, let's say, six rounds or something like that. But you're you have to have legally, you have to have a plug in it so that you can only carry two rounds in the magazine plus one in the chamber. Well, so I don't. There's no serial number on this magazine, so I don't know how you would yet prove that. This one, like if I'm carrying this, right, if this does get past this measure for the 10-round magazines, I would mm-hmm. imagine that you could only carry a 10-round magazine with you, right? So, I don't know how you would prove that this one, you know, was purchased beforehand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or when it was purchased. Yeah, that's what I mean. And like so, for enforcement, there's no way to – unless they just make it completely – so, like you said, you can't carry with that magazine regardless of whether you have it at home when you go out in the public you can't carry it and so i can't carry it and the only way that that would be enforced is if i was to be stopped or pulled over and you know i of course would disclose that i have man but now that but you, now yeah. do i want to now you know they i will don't check you but yeah, certainly will. Um, but it would be a bad idea if I didn't, you know. So I certainly Definitely. I would disclose that I had a farm, and they're going to look probably to check to see if it how big the magazine is in it. Mm-hmm. And then I wonder. And it just puts more and more tension between the police and the civilians. I wonder if I can have a fifteen round magazine with ten rounds in it. Probably not, you know, because it's capable of doing that. Yeah, I mean, fuck, man, when I got my ticket. As long as there's I not have, five I more had, bullets in my car. Yeah, I had two rounds in the magazine and one in the chamber. Yeah. Because he had caught me as soon as we came out. And so we unloaded. I had two and I had I had pulled out the one. Obviously, it was in my pocket. And so he unloaded and he had two. And he goes, okay, well, what's the problem here? I was like, what, what do you mean? What's the problem? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Damn it. Fucking okay. I'm not even going to say it, but... I got them the Google Home thing. But yeah, so like I would assume that given the way the precedent has been set up to limited magazine capacity, you would have to either that or maybe they make some kind of a plug that you can put in your magazine that would make it impossible to load more than, you know, 10 rounds at a time. Yeah. You know, like a, a you know, maybe you put in if you got a 15 round mag, maybe you have to put in five 
dowels the size of a bullet so that it takes up those spaces so that you obviously can't shoot more than that. Maybe that would work. Maybe it wouldn't. We'd have to wait until it be, actually became law. And then you'd have to figure out how to write it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's, um, like we said, the there was another one they want to do that would require safety training for people who um, who want a concealed pistol license, um, which I don't... I don't necessarily have a problem with as long as it's not cost prohibitive, you know, mm-hmm. um, like that's one of the things I think is great about the Washington concealed pistol licenses. It's only $50, you know, like it, a lot of people who don't think you'd have to pay it all for, you know, that's whatever. I don't, I don't have any problem paying, you know, mm-hmm. to, to get a concealed pistol license. Um, and so as long as it's not cost prohibitive, you know, as long as it's not $250, the class you have to take mm. to get certified to get this $50 pistol license, yeah. then I don't think that that's necessarily a problem. You know, the and class. If you think of it in pure fiscal terms, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So right. that employee that fills out the paperwork or runs the background check or whatever, their time has to be compensated in some fashion. And whether that's in the realm of taxes that you pay, that makes it so that you can go just do it for free or you pay 50 bucks up front and then you can do it there. It's you're going to have to pay in some fashion because people um, are involved in some capacity. I was looking online for the classes for I 1639, you know, to get you certified for that. And there's free classes you can take online and you just have like, uh, a virtual certification that you just have on your phone and you just show that at the gun store when you want to buy, you mm-hmm. know, a semi-automatic rifle. I think it's that almost if, no different than getting your driver's license almost except right, a if physical thing isn't If right it's there. something like that, I think that that, you know, would be fine. I told you when I got mine, I thought it was weird, you know. I thought it was weird that there was no no one asked, you know, like, do you know what you're doing? Have you ever done this before? Do mm-hmm. you have any idea? Like, and there's, in some sense, I think that that's how it should be. You know, that you, I've never done anything wrong. I've never been arrested. I've never, never anything. Mm-hmm. So why should I have any barriers at all? To why would buy they a assume firearm, you that know? you're not going to be a responsible U.S. citizen? But and I did hold your rights. But the I right did way. think it was weird. You yeah. know, I Just, thought it was a little bit strange. So I don't automatically think that it's a bad thing you know Mm -hmm. but i also think that more people should just be educated willingly about firearms you know so that it wouldn't be as much of a concern but there's you know i don't know so many people that i'm like i don't know that i would want that person to be able to just go and buy a gun without someone to having to make sure they knew what they were doing you know because if you don't know it's such a taboo still yeah you know that it's not like when people buy a car that right. you can kill right. a ton of people with a car. We've seen it happen. Terrorists have done that. Jesus. But I, like, people I, do it accidentally all the time. And you got to go through a test to do that. It kind of makes sense to me that like, yeah, I mean, we understand that you're probably going to be a good driver and responsible because you have a self-interest in not dying or going to jail. Same thing with a gun. You have a rational self-interest into knowing what you're doing before you buy that, but there's a lot of dumb people. Well, and part so of it, I kind of want to. Okay, yeah, no, that's fine. I'll put up with that. Part of it, I think, is exposure, right? At least because 
<clears throat> especially when compared to driving, right? Because everyone sees people driving. And so you see the things that you kind of should and you shouldn't do, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you've never seen anyone shoot a gun before, then there's a lot of really... Much less just carry one. Then there's a lot of common sense stuff that you haven't seen that you are not going to know, especially the way that it's portrayed in movies and shit like that, you know? You're not going to know that you should never, ever put your finger on the trigger unless you're ready to fire the gun, and that's what what you're going to do. You're making that decision, right? Because if you're watching videos that I think are great of people taking other people shooting for the very first time, you know, Mm -hmm. they're constantly reminding them, finger off the trigger. Finger off the trigger, right? Yep. It's the, the trigger discipline is something that so many people don't think about, right? And just all kinds of stuff, you know, having safeties on when you're handing guns to other people, all kinds of shit that people don't think about if you haven't been taught that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's exposure, you know, and those are the things that, that make me most nervous if I'm going to go shooting with someone or be at the range with someone, you know, if I, was to be at the range with someone who had never shot a gun before, but they just went and bought one themselves with no advisement, you know, yep. and then bought one, waited, picked it up, and then brought it to the range, and they're just fucking handling it willy-nilly and pointing it all around and doing all kinds of shit that, you know, no one has ever taught them because they don't know. Yeah. That's, I think that that's concerning to me a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, that there should be something to make sure that someone knows that they should not point their muzzle at me when they're loading their gun you know for my own safety um, oh yeah but i for me like i'm torn on that you know i'm really torn on that and that's interesting because you were a late comer to the the gun game oh yeah man. right you know so you lived a whole life and you had a whole series of opinions and stuff on it before and something happened and your opinions changed and whatever so you came at it with a very different perspective than somebody like me who was more or less born into it. And it sounds, it sounds cowboy as fuck because it is, but we used to do that a lot when I was growing up, a big group of us, including like Jabe's family and stuff like that. We'd all get up and we'd spend time up in the mountains and they'd, everybody would bring their horses and we'd go horseback and ride horseback riding and stuff up in the mountains. And we'd be camping for a week and it's great time. But when you're doing that, all the adults are carrying guns. Yeah. And like, so we grew up with guns. We were around guns from the time that we were, you know, little. We always had guns in the house. I mean, it's just like, you just, you know those things growing up. And even then, I did go to a legitimate class, the hunter safety course, you know, when I was like 13 or something like that. Right. And that's when I was able to get into that world myself and be a participant, more of just an observer. But I mean, even when we were camping and stuff, when we were kids, we had... We had training on the guns and we would have experience shooting all the different types of guns that people had. And it was a lot of fun and all that, but it was very informative and educational. Safety was always the priority, you know, and, you know, you're, you're out there getting lessons on stance and how to hold and how to aim and safety and all this stuff. And so we were just born into it. So it's when you get a little older, you you realize that there's a lot of people that don't have that upbringing. Yeah. And just see these things as like death machines. It's just scary. Or toys. You know, they don't take it seriously. Toys. That's really concerning. And mm-hmm. that's like, that's really what I'm, what I'm more concerned about, right? Because, I mean, it's I don't a know. tool. I it's don't a even tool. know that and I can. Some tools are yeah. really fun to use and you can play with tools and yeah. have fun with them. Anyone not taking it seriously, you know? I mean, yeah. 
I I guess I couldn't say more concerned because if someone is too scared, then they're not going to be handling it confidently, which is almost just as dangerous, you know? So, which is interesting too, because you have to be confident enough to hold it. Just like well, a lot of people are afraid of power tools, yeah, because they're very dangerous and they're very powerful. I per- I can I don't like power tools. I know mm-hmm. you know I just don't. I and work I with totally manual tools because I just fucking table saws. I prefer it. Table saws scare the shit out of Shit's people. It's terrifying, bro. Right? Yeah. But I grew up using that shit. Yeah. I know how to properly use it. I'm not scared of it. Whereas if you get on there and you're nervous and shit, yeah. you're so much more likely to fuck up and have an accident. And the same with a gun. You get out there and you're nervous. Your palms start sweating. I used to serve with a guy in the military that if he saw a gun, like right now, he wouldn't be able to sit here. He'd be shaking. His He'd be sweating profusely. Yeah. Just had a phobia about it. And I didn't even know those things, those people existed until, you know, I got older. And then that impacted my perspective in an opposite manner that, you know, I think yours was impacted. And I think it's interesting how if you come at things through you know, a true desire to want to be self-educated and, and better yourself. It's amazing what your perspectives can do and where you can have like more right-wing people and left-wing people come together more in right. a, a centrist fashion, well, which is what we I'm, do here at Salt right, Street. Exactly. Cause now, you know, like you said, I, I used to come from when you and I first met, you know, we talked about this a lot of times. I never oh, yeah. would have, we argued a lot. Know, I never would have owned a gun. And now I've, my son will be raised the same way that you mm-hmm. were, you know, with exposure, with training, with awareness. Um, and I'm going to be one of these, you know, thousands of people that's rushing to a gun store before any of this shit takes place, you know, to make sure that I got mine. Like, yep. so. Because even in the very, very, very unlikely situation of like a government collapse. Fuck them. You know, you want to be ready. Yeah. And that also give justification towards that guy that wants to own a hundred round drum magazine. Yeah. Maybe. It's very unlikely that whatever happened. But if you want to use it in a responsible manner at a range, or you just want to keep it just in case, who am I to say no? And that's where it gets complicated. They call that a life and liberty weapon. A life and liberty scenario. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Life and liberty scenario. That yeah, sounds yeah. like the, the division. Did you ever play those games? Uh, I played like the beta, but I never bought them. No. Oh, yeah. I never played the first one, but Jake got me to buy Division 2 when it came out. It was a really fun game. Yeah. It's, I like that world, too. Very post-apocalyptic. The government has fallen. It's a good time. I've been playing Bioshock, you know. I bought um, the set of Bioshock 1, 2, and 3. Mm. And so... I've never played those. Oh, dog. They're, They're so, so good. Yeah. Bioshock is great. Um, Bethesda, I, right? No. 2K. 2K. Oh, 2K. shit. Triple yeah. A title. Dog. Yeah. They're both really good. Um, and I'm almost done with number two. I'll oh. probably finish it tonight. Um, and then I'll start. You could borrow it if you want, because one and two were on one disc, and then three is on is on That's another dope. one. So I actually have that there. set that I bought. Oh, you do? On PS3. Bro. Oh, on PS3? <laughs> yeah. I had it on PS I had them all on PS3. And I was wanting them for a long time, and then I bought them for myself. For I might have even bought them on Steam, too, once. They're dope, bro. Because they're on Steam sale a lot. They're super So, sick. Steam, if people don't know, that's like the main platform for PC gaming right now. You can go on there. And you, I mean, I have, I don't, it's like 130-some games I've gotten over, like, the last 15 years or something they're like that. They're kind of jumpy, these games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they it's look really creepy. Dark. All the games are really dark, yeah. Excuse me, they're creepy, they're... 
That yeah, little girl, man, freaks me out. And you got to murder him, you know. The thing about it <laughs> is that is that in the I mean, first given your one, stance on the crocodile hunter children, I'm not surprised you got to murder the, some kids. In the first one, you don't have to. You can either like murder them or save them. And when you save them, you just like brush their hair back, and then they look like regular girls again, and they go away. But in the second one, you play one of those big daddies, you know, like that's what your character oh, yeah. is, and so. You can either kill them and they turn into these little slug things and you squish them and then you get all at them. Or you can help them and you have to like walk around with them and protect them. And it's like, it's such a fucking hassle. <laughs> and so I just don't even fuck it. I like, just, whatever, dude. I'm so wasting all these kids. I just kill them all the whole time because it's so much easier than having to deal with it the other way. I like it. So, I like, I like your also, stance on it. It alters the ending of the game. Oh, that's um, cool. Depending on, you know, the ratio of how many little girls you've murdered as opposed to saving. So, it's dark. The first time I played it, I made Jordan decide every time whether or not I was going to murder or save this little girl. She really didn't like it. That's funny. It's dark. Yeah, it's it is, really man. Dark. I've been waiting, and I'm surprised it hasn't come up yet. I want to get the like all the original Witcher games. Because they ended up, from the sounds of it, they remastered the first one a while ago. And it's still kind of old school, but it's good enough to play. And I want to fire through all those. But I, I was hoping that with like the Netflix release of the show, they'd all go on special or something like that. And I haven't seen that thus far. But, you know, that situation. Yeah. I want. I got for Jake for Christmas um, the new Star Wars game. Oh, yeah. Fallen Order. Yeah, yeah. And I've want that shit i heard it's fucking great yeah and i guess it has the same like combat engine as uh dark souls i don't know if you've ever played those games before i didn't they're harder than fuck yeah dark souls is super hard i have dark souls 2 on my playstation and it's in like in the top 10 of like most hard games created and there's just it's hard to figure out and there's like puzzles and their combat is difficult and when you die, the checkpoints are so far. Oh, it's gonna commit an hour plus. Oh, horrible. Dude, it I is, hate that. I can't tell you how many times I've died and been like, I don't know where I'm gonna appear at, and I, it's so far back. You're like, I'm stop. You like rage quit. You know, you're like, I'm done. I know I can't anymore because I'll fucking just rage quit. I'll break my fucking controller if I keep playing this game. There's a there's a sick pattern showing up, and there's. That's become a new genre of video game of like impossible games. Difficult games. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't remember if that release that came out, this little side scrolling platformer called Cuphead. It was, it's kind of, it's super retro, like old school, original, like Mickey Mouse cartoon style, real retro looking, but it's supposed to be one of the most difficult games out there. And it's designed to like fucking piss people off. Really? And I can't get it. It's a sick genre of video game to be coming out, but it's becoming more popular. And I hate that. That's fucked up. Because I'm not that good at video games as it turns out anymore. It's highly upsetting. I was, I killed the first Bioshock in about a week. Like that's, it took me, I think like just six or seven days. There was over the time that Bennett was closed, there was six days in a row that I didn't go to work. Oh, nice. So, so it's you and Baby Dax chilling playing Bioshock. It was Bioshock. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and so I played a lot of Bioshock and, you know, did a lot of family stuff. And, yeah, so I killed the first one in about a week. I was surprised how much of it I remembered, like, vividly. Yeah. Um, and so I was just racking through it. Nice. Um, 
but the second one has taken me a little bit more time. And then I was playing it this morning, and there was like an issue with the game. The game crashed, and I was like, "Fuck me!" Like ten minutes to the end of the game, and the game crashed, and I was like, no. "I don't even want to know." How far back I have to go? I probably would have quit at that point. I'm like, I, yeah, well, no, I basically I be. Turned, the, I'm going to the next. I one. turned the PlayStation off. I was like, I will do this later today. I'm not gonna do this again right now. Oh, that would be so frustrating. I was really pissed, dude. I was, was sitting no there. Good. Dax was awake. He'd been up for like 20 minutes, so he was sitting in his chair mm-hmm. and he was fucking drinking milk. And I was like, bro, I'm like 10 minutes. I was like, and done. We'll do something else. Like, we'll play. We'll fucking whatever. But like, that's what I was doing when he woke up. So Dude. I paused. I went and got him, changed his super stinky, shitty diaper, brought him out, put him in his chair. Jordan hooked him up with the milk and the Cheerios. There you go. Oh, my God. I was so pissed. Dude, like, that's all funny. Right, I'm done. I just turned the PlayStation off and fucking put something else on TV. I was like, all right, let's do something else. I'm really happy. The games I've been playing lately are all these grand strategy games. And mostly they're turn-based. And I have it set up in the options to like auto-save every like five turns. Because I have a game that I play that crashes a lot for some reason. Yeah. And I initially freaked out because I had played for like two and a half hours one day. And then it fucking imploded. And I was uh, like, oh my god, I didn't save. But it had auto-saved. And so I just bumped that up a little bit. So now if it crashes, no big deal. It's it's nice to not worry about. Because <laughs> that shit sucks. That's horrible nothing like wasting time and then finding out that that time was wasted itself <laughs> so uh seahawks tomorrow uh, yes yeah, so we are gonna talk about um so we, we spring a little pop culture in there at the football. end yeah yeah well when we talked about movies and stuff in the beginning yeah uh so sports um so playoff football last weekend was wild card weekend Right, fucking and pissed me off last weekend. What did that was some shit, um, <laughs> and I watched parts of all of the games. You know, I didn't get to watch. I watched almost all of the Patriots game, which was just fantastic. Yeah, because um, who took them out? It was the fucking Titans, Titans. the Tennessee Titans. <sighs> so yeah, Brady brought low by that. Tennessee. That's pretty wild. NFL playoff schedule. So, let's see here, right? Oh, there's a game going on right now. The mm-hmm. 49ers yeah. are leading. There's 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the 49ers are up on the Vikings 27-10, to 10, which fucking blows. <sighs> Tonight, the Titans play the Ravens at 5-15. That's going to be a great game. Ooh. So, last weekend, wildcard weekend, the first game was Bills at Texans. In the first half, the Bills came out screaming. They were balling. They were looking amazing. The Texans looked like shit. And then Deshaun Watson came out in the second half and was doing incredible Deshaun Watson things and was throwing touchdowns and was running all over the place. It was wild. Incredible. From what I heard, people that watched that were loving that game. Yep. And then that night, we got a new bed that day. Aaron and Michael um, are expecting their second child and who is coming anytime now. And so um, they gave us the bed from their spare room, which is fucking awesome That's dope. so we went and got that on saturday and so we were watching that game like as we were moving beds and stuff like that and then we went to the yacht club that evening with them for dinner it was delicious and i Pinky watched out and i watched the titans patriots game on that and so i watched the patriots lose which made me so 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 very happy so satisfying um, it's like when day, cam newton loses on steroids 
<laughs> That's what it feels like. Um, the next day, the Vikings played the Saints, and the Vikings won, obviously, because they're playing the 49ers right now, um, which was a little bit of a shocker, but I guess it's just not in the cards for Drew Brees. Even though he has, like, the passing record, he has the touchdown record right now, yep. it's He's incredible, and he's going to play for at least another year, probably two or three more years, um, so I'm excited for that. And then, obviously, the afternoon game was the Seahawks-Eagles, 17-9. The Seahawks looked terrible in the first half, as per the usual. The second half, Russell Wilson came out slanging all over the fucking field. Boom. It was incredible. Marshawn, you know, had his smashing touchdown, all that shit, so. And can I just say, I love being able to wear my Marshawn Lynch jersey and have him on the fucking field again. Oh. Yeah, I think that in the first game, week seventeen against the 49ers, we like they got overhyped on Marshawn, you know, and mm-hmm. it was it didn't turn out well. No, it did um, not. But it seems to be working pretty okay right now, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what happens this week. So obviously, like we said, Vikings playing the 49ers right now. They're losing 10-27. There's twelve and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like fuck the 49ers. But you got to give it to them. They've been playing great. I hate them. I know. Garoppolo did a lot of heavy lifting for me this year. And yeah. I am nothing but thankful for that. But they now that fantasy's over, they can go fucking suck a railroad spike, all right? Congratulations, Lacey. Yeah, I gave her her jar today. So she got paid out. I actually yeah, shout have, out Lacey. I have a weightlifting belt that I'm decorating as a championship belt. Oh, word. Um, and so we're going to have a championship belt for the league next yes. year. I feel so, like I was supposed to buy that, and I totally forgot about that. That's how I got it. <laughs> it was cheap. I'm not worried about it. I'm because I'm going to decorate it myself, so it's just a weightlifting belt. Mm-hmm. That I mean, you are the commission too. That's but, that's going to have a lot of yeah. meaning going forth. Yeah, I'm going to put like a you know obviously I'm going to put world champion on it um, because that's what you are when you win the Super Bowl as the world champion. And Jordan really hates that. That's what they're called as the world champion because because <laughs> nobody else plays football. In the <laughs> And so I think that's really funny. So I'm going to put that on there and it's going to say like, I'm better than you or, you know, like I'm the best or some shit like that. It's going to be, it's going to be good. I'm really excited. I'm going to fucking put some, some rhinestones on it, bedazzle it and some oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fucking wild. Um, that's so dope. Yeah. So tonight, like I said, the Titans play the Ravens. That's going to be a great fucking game. Yeah. I think the Ravens probably win that game, but it's going to be closer, I think, than at this point, we know many of the previous ones. Yeah. Things are, things are up in the air, man. Playoff games, anything can happen. Yeah. People can just yeah, not exactly. show up sometimes and have one bad game and then they are out or somebody shows up hardcore that hasn't, they've been playing like they've never played before. And then the next thing you know, they're winning the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. All you got to do is win one right now. The record doesn't matter anymore. Nope. Um, tomorrow at 12, the Texans play the Chiefs. So that's going to be fucking wild. Um, and then at 340, Seahawks play the Packers and playing at Lambeau. Um, we have a we got a pretty good record playing against the Packers we during do, the playoffs. Which is weird. So I feel really good about it. And that maybe doesn't bode well, you know, mm-hmm. but I feel really good about this game. I feel confident that this can be done. I the Packers, I think have been slept on. So I am trying not to like shit on them because they have been good. You they know? have the ability but to fuck on anyone. They, they got want. the first round by. So I don't. I yeah. And I think I think that we can do this. I don't you know? want to like. I can't say that we will or will not win this game because with the Seahawks, unfortunately, you have no idea how they're going to play that day until they show up. Yeah, and 
last week we saw them show up and fucking play football and they won the game, right? The Eagles game, we did not show up to play football until like halfway through the third quarter. Yeah. And then we fucked on them. And like that won't work in the fucking playoffs. You need to show up ready to fucking play and you need to play all game. If you don't do that, you don't deserve to win. They didn't deserve to win that first game against the Eagles, but we did somehow, probably by knocking out half their team. That was fucking rough, man. That concussion that that he got. What's his name? The quarterback for the Eagles? Oh, uh, um, Carson Wentz? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That looked and, rough, uh, man. David Clowney is, was not fined for that hit, for it being a late hit. So, Which seemed weird. I mean, late hit or at least helmet to helmet, I thought I he'd get hit on. I too bad, you know. I thought it was not complete. It didn't look intentional to me. Yeah, it all happened it so like fast, too. It's, yeah, it's so one thing to look at the replay and be like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah, but it's all happening so quick in the heat of the moment. How how much can you really fault a guy for doing it? Yeah, I guess. so um, I think that next week we'll be playing the 49ers um, to see who gets into the Super Bowl. And oh, and to that's going to be epic. Championship. And who do you think wins this week between the Titans and the Ravens and the Texans and the Chiefs. Who do you think is going to be playing next week? I would like to say Ravens and Texans. You think so? Who knocked out Dallas? Who knocked out Dallas? Yeah. Because um, that Dallas fucking, didn't make it to the playoffs. They didn't. Okay, no, they so didn't that was huge news, card. though. Yeah. Jerry Jones fired the fucking coach. Yes. He's gone. Yeah, yeah. I have those things up here. Um, Been there for, what, over 10 years? I want to say it's yeah it's got to be close to that yeah yeah um jason garrett yeah. jason garrett yeah yep. he was he was fired and then they hired matt rule who is the coach from baylor university interesting yeah somebody's moving on up yeah um to the and then NFL. the head coach from the panthers ron rivera um. He, oh, I'm just kidding. It is Mike McCarthy who used to be the coach of the Packers. That is the coach of Dallas now. Mm. Matt Rule is the coach in Carolina because the Carolina coach Ron Rivera is the coach in Washington for the Redskins. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's what it is. Mike McCarthy. So he's the one. He won the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and then they stopped getting along. And so Mike McCarthy got fired and now he is going to, he's going to be in Dallas. I'm interested to see if he's going to play in Dallas. There's rumors that Tom Brady will not play with the Patriots next year. He's a free agent as of March 18th. Mm. And there is no guarantees that he's to be re-signed with the Patriots, but he still wants to play football. And so there, yeah, because he is, wants to go to twenty twenty four or something, right? So there's thoughts that he'll play maybe for the Chargers, maybe for the Raiders, um, because Philip Rivers is looking like he might go to Carolina or maybe to Tennessee. Um, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks swapping in the off season. There's some good quarterbacks coming in in this next draft. Justin Herbert's coming in the next draft. Tua Tagovailoa, um, Joe Burrow. There's uh, fucking Jake Fromm. There's a lot of Jake Fromm. Yep. There's a lot of really good quarterbacks coming in in this draft. So 
I'm interested. Brett um, Favre did that at the end of his career, right? He left Green Bay to go play a couple of other places. He right? played at the Jets, Vikings, and then he played with the Vikings. Yeah, yep. I wonder if Brady will do that on his his last uh, few years. Yeah, that might help shorten up his career too. If we're lucky, right? So you start doing that with a grand plan, say I'm going to play four years, and then two years will do it, and you're done. Wherever he go has to have a good offensive line. Because yeah. he's too old to be running from anybody, you know. He just, he's not fast as it is, so he bulked up a little bit in the off season because their offensive line wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's bad you got to bulk up because you know you're going to get hit more. Exactly. That's that's why you know it's combat sport, man. Yeah. So it's we'll wild. see. I'm trying to think. Oh, there was, <laughs> um, I don't know how closely you follow college ball. Um, Except for the Ducks. But I guess uh, UW and WSU are going to get new coaches this year, from what I heard. Yes. Um, Washington State's coach, his last name is Donovan. Um, and Makes then sense. I don't remember who the new Washington coach is. Oh, it's their offensive coordinator. So it's like Mike, okay. Mike Leach or Lakes or something. That sounds some shit familiar. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So. So, something like that. You know, they're Pac 12, so I listen. And then also, like the guys at work, they pay a lot of attention to UW stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a couple know, of our engineers and stuff all came from WSU. And so I just hear about a lot of Cougar news. And, and then I hear about Husky news just as they are talking shit on that. Right. <laughs> you know, because that's a rival and a half. <clears throat> I don't. Do the Ducks and the Beavers have a rivalry? Or, yes. Yeah. It's called okay. the Civil War. Oh, when they play every that, year, that sounds the final friendly. Game. Yeah, every single year. We lost a couple of years ago, but it's two times I think over the last like twenty years the Ducks have lost. So we've got a pretty good record in the Civil War. And, well, I just don't see them even close to the same level. The Beavers are terrible. Yeah, yeah. I watched one game I think with the Beavers this year, and it's like they did—they weren't even playing. Close to even, they look like they're playing high school ball compared to the Fuck NFL. Em. Man, it was yep. rough. Fuck them! Oh man! So the Seahawks game is going to be broadcast on Fox, from what I saw earlier. I believe so. Um, I believe so, so I got to figure out how the fuck I'm going to watch that. Um, I think, I think they'll. I don't know. Some some streaming service will play it somewhere. I'm sure. I had to get a a trial from oh, really? was it like Fubo or something like that. Fobu. Or something last time to watch the the 49ers game, but yeah, we'll see. I'll I'll pick it up somehow. We used to have fucking I had Hulu Live TV for a while. Sling, Sling, yeah, Sling TV, and that I gave Sling me TV pretty for good access to sports. But <clears throat> I don't know. Playoffs is a whole other game. It is, you know. So I'm not sure. We have I'm kind of upset. Facebook it hasn't hasn't gotten in on it and broadcast one game like they did. Was that preseason or in the real season? Something like that. Yeah, Amazon actually, too. Amazon yep. does like Thursday night football, so that's nice. They need to get into the playoff streaming, dude. That was so nice. That fucking being able to just have Amazon Prime, be like, click yep. football. Amazing this is dope. Quality. Yeah, that was awesome. They're great at it the too. Thursday man. night games were better and better. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, Seattle's Thursday night game against the Rams was fucking incredible. Um, that was one of the best games I watched all year. So, yeah, you talked about that. Yeah, a lot. I've heard a lot of people talk about that game. I love that shit. Yeah, yeah. So, I think that that is about it. I don't know whether or not I have a line. I literally completely overlooked this. It's twenty twenty, bro. um, We can make our own rules now. uh, Yeah, let me look. 
and I'll see whether or not I do because I I swear to God I completely forgot about it. I didn't even. Let's All I'm saying see. is, it's been we spent two years doing this, and one person has gotten a shirt. <laughs> so we definitely don't lose anything by doing it. Um. So I'm just gonna start a new. Just make it up on the fly. Yep, Let's do I'm it. I'm just gonna start because I have one from a theme that I was gonna start, and I decided I was gonna do. Okay, it. Okay, so this is gonna... we have to guess the theme on this one, and you get a free T-shirt. Yeah, no, no, so not a theme. This is a this is a show. This is a show that okay. all these are going to be from. So we got to um, name the show yep. that these lines are from, and hit us up on the social medias, the email, the website, anything yep. at all. If you with this, the right answer, and you will get a free you know T-shirt. Show this from. So yeah, I'll start a new series of. So the theme for the last ones. Those were all Seth lines that Seth Rogen said in all his various different movies. That was a difficult one, which was Doesn't so matter. perfect. Sometimes, yeah. But, I, the last show, I even had to bleep something out. Oh, yeah. Which I'm not going to lie. If you did listen to the last episode, you listened all the way through. There was like four or five bleeps at the end. And really, all I did was say one word. And I just, it sounded better if I if I pumped up the bleeps. It seemed funnier. Um, so, this is a TV show. We got to figure out what TV show this is from. Okay. Jeffrey, Baby Jesus did not have a switchblade. I think that's rather a subjective opinion. <laughs> we don't know that. You think he might have had a switchblade? <laughs> Definitely. If they, if they were invented at the time, baby Jesus had one. The Three Kings brought one, right? 